war, Odin's son. You have betrayed the express command of your king. Through your arrogance and stupidity, you have opened these peaceful realms and innocent lives to the horror and desolation of war! You are unworthy of these realms, unworthy of your title! You are unworthy! I now take from you your power! In the name of my father, and his father we call, I own it! Me to talk. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I am your host, Becca, and I'm joined here on Midgard by my fellow Mighty Warriors, Chris and Dave. How are you both doing? Good evening, folks. I'm uh, I'm currently looking for a horse. <laughs> that is my... That's what I'm after. Looking for your horse? Yes. My horse, a horse, a kingdom for my horse, yeah. Oh, No, I'm good, cool. thank you. <laughs> Thought we were doing Thor, not Shakespeare. It's, you know, it's done by the great bard, isn't it? You know, old Sir Ken. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Sir Ken Brenner, indeed. I mean, so following it, on. It is one of the funny things because, like, when he was sort of told, like, the basic, you know, plot of the story, it was, it was pretty much like, oh, so it's Henry V then. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... It kind of is a little bit. They go into battle, I guess. Well, it's, it's kind of. There, there, are, <laughs> like, there are, like, themes to other Shakespeare stuff, so I think that's probably what, you know. It, you know, it, it, it plays to. Uh, Ken's wheelhouse, doesn't it, so to speak? It does, exactly. And obviously you've got a lot of the cast in this film um, appearing in... Oh, God. Can of Thorns, I want to say. Um, but anyway, the Shakespeare historical um, adaptations from, from last year, um, which I may look up and repeat again later on in the show. Um, yes, anyway, tonight we're discussing Thor, starring Chris Hemsworth, Anthony Hopkins, Jamie Alexander, Tom Hiddleston, Idris Elba, Natalie Portman, Stan Skarsgård, Kat Dennings, Rennie Russo, and many, many more. The score by Patrick Doyle, written by Ashley Miller, Zach Stentz, and Don Payne, and directed by Ken Branner, Sir Ken, and released in 2011. What do we make of this film? Dave? Um, I'll put you on the spot. I, Sorry. I've, got, I've, <laughs> I've just... I, I want to get the negatives out of the way early, because they're quite big. I mean... It's a real problem. This film looks cheap. I've just always had a problem with it. Now, when I say cheap, I don't mean Superman 4 or something. I don't mean it looks like it was made on a really slashed budget or anything like that. But it, it just looks a bit shit. I mean, I really have a problem with the sequences on Earth, uh, particularly. That town looks pathetic. I mean, it really does it looks like and it is it is like a movie town redressed more than really um more than a bit redressed i mean that that would have a population of about three i mean you see all of it in shot at one point near the end of the film 
and there's just not enough room for like anyone to live there. It really is pathetic. It looks awful, and it and it looks like a studio that won't spend any money. Now, when you look at the first phase films, they more or less allocated 150 million dollars to each film, with the exception of Iron Man two and. Um, I think next week's film, but we'll come to that. And it wasn't enough for this. By the time you rebuild an entire town, it's not enough. It just isn't. It looks absolutely terrible. And I cannot overstate that. I think it looks awful. Now, um, some of the um, Asgard stuff looks a bit shit as well. Now, Asgard is quite nicely designed. um, But it looks a bit like... if. If you compare the current Paramount logo to the last Paramount logo, that's like the difference between the first film and the second Thor film. It's not quite there. So um, that's a problem with this film. The other things are, um, for some reason, somebody has designed, uh, somebody has decided to um, dye Chris Hemsworth's eyebrows and beard. And that looks utterly ridiculous. I didn't notice that, to be honest. And I was like, it, that it, looks a bit strange. Is, is that why it looks permanently like it's got some sand in it? It looks terrible. And it's like somebody's bleached it, but like not in a very professional way, but like with a toothbrush or something. It it just looks awful. Uh, yeah, it, it did take me out the film a couple of times. Now, as late as Phase 3, we've had an origin film with Black Panther. Now, we had seen Black Panther before, but he, because he was in um, uh, Civil War. But we've seen, you know, origin films very late in the day. And I honestly believe if Marvel had not done Thor in Phase 1, let's say they'd done Black Panther instead, and they'd come along at this stage now and said, right, we're going to introduce Thor. If they'd done this as the Thor film in Phase 3, they'd have been laughed at. I Mm. honestly think now we've moved on beyond this. It's such a basic kind of hero's journey um, origin film. It it just, all of that I have a massive, massive problem with. But let's get all of that out of the way. The casting's really good. Um, The performances are really good. I mean, to get a performance out of um, Anthony Hopkins these days, a bit of a miracle. (laughs) <laughs> so there's an there's an awful lot to be said for this film. Um, I've enjoyed I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think um, he's really good, at kind of like an arrogant swagger. So there's a lot of like about this, and I'm trying to get the negatives out of the way. I won't be able to avoid it when we come to Act Three because um, uh, it's unavoidable when we get to that. But yeah, I've got some problems with this, and it, and it, it's it's at once brave because it's the first film where they really go right. We're going to put magic into things now, and we we're going to like push this universe on. But it's also a perfunctory. We've got to introduce Thor because he's going to be in the Avengers, and the film feels a bit like that. So I've got really mixed feelings on it. It's going to rank really low, but it's also a sign of how good Marvel have been that it's going to rank really low, but that's not that terrible. So that that's me to start off with. Uh, Becca, do you want to go next? Um, okay, why not? Yes, now I quite enjoyed this film for obvious reasons. 
to eat quite delicious male leads. But anyway, that's by the by. Um, oh, a bit of Auntie yeah. Hopkins. <laughs> she means Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, as obviously, well. <laughs> obviously. You know, brains overborn any day. Um, he was actually quite good in Mamma Mia 2. <laughs> Which I saw recently, so that was good fun. What made you go see that? Um, I got dragged by a friend to go and see it. You didn't so. get dragged at all, oh. did you? You went voluntarily and left it. Well, is, is it better than the first one? Um, not that I know, because I've not seen it uh, any of them oh, at I've all. I've seen the first one. I've seen the first one. It was on. It was on TV over here in the UK recently. Um, I think they obviously they screened it in prep for this new one. Um, it's probably the same, but. And they work in some of the old songs, but there's a lot of like B sides as well. Um, and then two of the the men behind ABBA are, are both in it. They have very quick cameos in the film, so that's quite good. Um, everything's tied up quite neatly. Um, like obviously in, in the first film, there's a bit of a well, not really, but if you overthink it, there's a bit of a dilemma as to how she doesn't know which you know why did she end up with three dads. Um, and in this film, it's all tied up nicely. Because her mother's a slapper. Well, actually, actually, it all kind of happens like... I was trying to... My mum was trying to describe it to me, because obviously she grew up... Did in, she like, just get really drunk and didn't did know which one she slept with? Did your mother grow up no, like, a the, She was like, oh, the, Donna gets together with all the guys in a very 70s way. And I was like, well, I wasn't born to 84, so what, what do you mean in a 70s way? Your mum your mom <laughs> means she's used to having loads of cock. <laughs> And I was like, what are you on about? You know, it's just like, because I thought, oh, maybe yeah, she was a bit of a hoe and a bit bed hopping. And actually, no, that's not the case. It just happens. It falls like that, you know. She hooks up with them one after the other, but not in a very, I would say, in a very 70s way. Um, when you say it's, in it's... a 70s way, do you mean listening to Led Zeppelin and having a three-day week? <laughs> Probably, yeah, when they're lighting. That's what a three-day week means. You have minor some, strike. Yeah, you, know. you have three different men, three different days, and you know, <laughs> literally. Week. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's better. It's probably the same, but just obviously diff- uh, different tunes. Um, Bless him. This wasn't a still can't sting. Um, Colin Firth looks the same. He's not changed. Um, but it's just yeah, good. You know, good, good up tunes. It's a feel-good story. Um, obviously, little sad bits in between. But yeah, and it's. Um, but yeah, so it's more of the same. So if you like the first one, chances are you'll enjoy the second one. So, final anyway. thoughts on Mamma Mia? <laughs> <laughs> final thoughts on Thor, everybody. Yes, those, I can guarantee you those films we won't be covering on Do Specs Talk. Uh, even though I have, have a new album coming out, so chances are they'll have to do a third one, which I don't know how it would work out. But yeah, I don't think... Well, I know I won't be seeing it anyway, so... Well, no. I didn't see it in cinemas, but like, if someone wanted to watch it, I'd watch it. And somehow I got around to watching the first one, and I can't remember how. No, it's, it's, it's good fun. It's a good fun. Even though, allowing for the fact that I'm not the target audience, it wasn't good. No, I went to see it, and it was in my local cinema. And it was in one of like the two smallest screens that they have. And I think you could count the male members of the audience like on one hand. I thought, oh, long-suffering husbands and boyfriends. What were you doing counting male members? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was during a boring season. Using a hand, no less. Using a hand, yes. <laughs> a hand. I handled five male members. I had, yes. Mm. <laughs> but no, you, can't, you can count all the guys in the audience like on one hand, so bless them. You can fit um, all the male members in one hand. Well, that's not what I said, that's what you said. Uh, no, it's what you said. We all heard it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, four. Anyway, okay. four. Sorry, four. <laughs> that's how much I enjoyed it. I thought I'd diverge talking a different, a different film. Um, no, I quite enjoyed it. I, yeah, I would compared to the Marvel films that we've 
received of late. Quality, I mean, it's probably, as you say, not as Superman 4 cheap and probably also not as cheap as, well, it probably is, but I don't know. Um, it's how, like, the Hulk film that we reviewed previously, that does look a little bit cheap. Um, some of the makeup, as you say, have been, you know, has been perfect. I can't speak. Some of Thor's makeup has been perfected as the series has gone on. Um, like the, the fire monster, I don't know what he is at the end, the giant robot creature. Destroyer. Um, the destroyer, that's the one. The lazy you. plot device. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it does seem a little bit like, oh, insert monster here. Um, I can't really see a connection between him and, and Loki, which is a bit odd. Um, or even... You know, the, the film central villains at, at this point obviously setting up for the Avengers later on um, so you know the cast are on fine form um, it's got some fun facts about the cast coming up at the end of the show um, I would say yeah the um, photography looks really good um, I'd say some of the bits well, yeah, Asgard does look beautiful but I think by today's standards now um, if they were to remake the series this would probably be ripe for a remake in terms of the visuals um Although one of my friends, yeah, my friend's brother worked for one of the production companies on this, but I, I don't know quite what he did, but I know who he worked hard. Um, but yeah, cast on fine form, um, decent script, I think. It, is, it, 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 you know, to be fair, it does um, chug along at a fair old pace. Um, as they talk about Anthony Hopkins' performance, I think he's it's kind of similar to Sean Connery. Like, you know, he's he's made his millions, he's had his life. He's now, um, aside from actor, he's other things. He's got other string to it other strings to his bow um but no he is he is odin you know for all intents and purposes he does give that kind of stately stately look to the film i, I love some of his line deliveries like you know it, it's just the sometimes he, he he does the anti-hopkins thing of being regal and dramatic and then just goes as a one line of just absolute just insanity like yeah, you know like, he goes with like a but you're not King! Watch King now you! <laughs> and there's, there's one point where he just sort of like shoes like Loki away and goes, HEY! <laughs> <laughs> it always always brings a smile on my face. You know, he, it's brilliant, he, isn't it? He, he, it does, he, he does do a bit of the scenery, but no, he is, he's a legend. And there is a reason why he's a legend. And that's why he is Odin. You know, they, they, I don't think they could cast anybody else, really. Um, save probably Connery, but he will never come out of retirement. Um, or Mel Gibson. Oh, that's true. <laughs> no, I was just thinking, like, Make of what we would want remake out of this. <laughs> oh god, are we going to have to review that film as well? Because I think you're a bit obsessed. Yeah, because what men want is out in the new year. Really? Yeah. They, they finally, I have bemoaned the lack of a what we would want remake, and suddenly there is like a sequel. Really? Yeah. What men want is out in the new year. Right, I might look this up. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay. So anyway. Well, we... Um, I, no, I, 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 I don't know if I said it in, in my bit. I think I did. But like to see Anthony Hopkins not phoning it in at this stage, it, it, it almost sounds like humour. And Chris laughed, and I'm not like knocking him for doing that. But like I didn't actually mean it as a joke. It's like Anthony Hopkins has so much talent, and to actually like have him trying is rare. Mm. And when you watch it on the special features, it's like, no, he actually wants to be here and he's keen. So, yeah, I'm really well, Yeah, considering a lot of it is obviously like CGI, for example, um, mm. especially in, in the sequels as well, you know, he he, he doesn't just phone it in. Um, he hasn't got to that stage now where, like, you know, he's like, uh, he's not, you know, by no means like past his prime. Um, to be fair, like, it was kind of the main draw, the main draws, 
my drawers for this film for me obviously hunky hunky lady man um but also um ken brenner directing hunky Anthony. do you mean tasty or do you mean different <laughs> all of the above um and also a bit of a shakespeare nerd as well and i'm not you know interested in all the film adaptations um despite getting some titles wrong earlier but never mind um Ken Branagh, I think, I was, it's, to me, it just seemed a complete curveball. I'm sure, you know, it was that um, just to, to my brain, which doesn't quite always work as well as well, other people's brains. Yeah, to I'm, me, I was like, what? You know, real well, left field material. You know, when you, I, I can't, I, I don't think I ever did this, but I can sort of imagine it. Um, I can imagine the idea, the general idea of going to see, like, a Shakespeare play with, like, my English teacher, mm. where... Shakespeare do does this humor that like on the page works intellectually but like isn't remotely funny anymore for ob- lots of obvious reasons and your English teacher would be sat there going <laughs> oh god no I found this film a bit like that there was a bit where he was talking to like the um what are they called the something three what are they the, called the warriors three warriors, warriors three. three that's it and they're talking. He's talking about all the amazing things they've like done, and they're all there. And it does. Totally I went to Valhalla. Yeah, and it no. totally comes across like school Shakespeare. Smug. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's a little bit like that, definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was to say, obviously, yeah, Jaws of Hunky Lederman, um, Ken Branagh, amazingly, um, and yeah, Auntie Hopkins as well. It's just like he's you know really big key for this film. Um, and plus, there's there is there's a reason behind the casting, obviously, because he's quite magnetic. Um, but there are, um, oh, what's the word? Oh, I can't think of it. Anyway, there, there, are, there are specific reasons why he was cast in this film, and also why Tom Hiddleston was cast as um, as Loki, which I shall reveal later on. Um, but uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, clunky special effects, some aspects of the visuals are a little bit clunky, um, but great cast. Performances all around. Um, I'm, I'm, great score, I'm which I enjoyed. You, I'm really glad to hear you say that, Becca, because I, I got the impression both you and Chris, but you more so, were going to be really, really defensive of this film, particularly when I talked in uh, a week or so ago about saying how cheap it was. Um, it, it's it, you know, it's totally interpretive beyond that how much that affects you, because you know you can look at it and go, well, it's cheap, but I really love it, and and that would be totally, totally valid. It, it does have an effect for me, I'm afraid. I, I do think that... I mean, a lot of it is it's really, really simple, and I'm not the biggest Thor lover anyway, but I am not going to be wildly, wildly in love with this film. And I'm not going to be wildly in love with this film, uh, partly because I'm not that in love with the character and partly because it just looks like it, it. they needed to throw like $50 million more at it. It was almost like they said, "No, it's 150 million dollars." Well, hang on a minute, we got to spend 75 million like refurbishing that town, and they've gone more tough. That's our phase one budget, and and it's a problem. So it's a problem on Asgard, but less so than I thought it would be. In that, when you look at um, the current Paramount logo, it looks quite nice. But if you go to like the one pre 2003, the sky looks a bit ridiculous. And it's the same with with Thor. Like it looks okay, but they don't look quite cons- positive, right? There are some clear bigatures there that mm, big miniatures. Really not, 
they're kind of obvious and I, I like the idea but it's really obvious and the rest of Marvel doesn't look like that um, and but mainly it's that town and, and I'm sure there are small towns in America but there are but literally we get the whole of the town in a shot at one point and there's just not enough there to be anything residential and also you just look at it and go well on the on the um, commentary Brandon's talking about why he wanted to shoot in a town like that and whilst I'm not accusing him of lying I think that is still with the background of the budget there's still well I wanted to shoot in a town like that actually what he should have said was I wanted to shoot in a town like that when I found that I only had 150 million dollars to play with when I actually needed like 225 um, so it's a problem. It is a problem to me. It does affect how I'm going to rank the film, but I'm getting it out front early because I don't want to spend the whole review going. This film's really cheap. Um, so yeah, I've got I've got massive issues with it, but actually, there's lots to like about it too. Yeah, I mean, one of the elements about the budget is bear in mind, like you know, Marvel wasn't like the Marvel we know now. I mean, it was coming off the back of like. Iron Man 2, it was like, oh, you already had, like, whispers of, like, okay, how are they going to integrate magic into this series? So there was almost like a, okay, well, let's withhold, let's not go all the way in, let's just, let's just try and see what we can do with a smaller scale story, and, and let's go, so I think that's partly down to the, the budgetary reasons, uh, when consideration, which is... You can understand, but as, as Dave says, it's it you know it's it's a perfectly valid criticism. Um, I, I yeah, this is this film's always like ranked either like so. Sort of, it's usually bottom end Marvel for most rankings that I tend to see on the on the internet. Uh, but uh, for me, I, I I really liked it from from first viewing from the cinema. I liked it from second viewing and. Um, I continue to really, really like it. For me, this is personally this is probably top five for me. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I just will add the point that when we get to next week's film, I kind of paired them with because they both came out in the same year after like a gap. About right, I say apart. A ga- um, yeah, there yeah. there wasn't long between them, and and I clearly liked Thor more at the time. Spoiler alert! That's not the case now. I like next week's film a lot more. This won't mm. be this. This will be like bottom five for me. But I think what I, what I will say is that uh, I'll say a couple of things. Firstly, I've always called most of Marvel's output mediocre, but that's actually getting less so as we go along because we're now at the point that of like twenty films at the time of release, and I have seen Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, you've got to go down to like 14th or 15th in the rankings to get to a film where you go, that's not very good. And even then it's perfectly enjoyable and this is perfectly enjoyable too, but it's just a little bit perfunctory. What I will say is the lead is brilliant. I mean, I genuinely, I'm, I, th- I think I've got a bit of a man crush on fucking Chris mm. Hemsworth. Cause he <laughs> really? is wildly charismatic. I'd cast him as James Bond tomorrow, which most people would fucking slap me for. But I think <laughs> but I, but it, it's I, making more sense the more I think about it. When you mentioned it, uh, yeah, I think it, no, was it seems, it seems silly to you really, really sit and think about it and go, yeah, that would work. Um, and, and the cast is really good, and and the story's pretty good, but it's a little bit perfunctory. They had to introduce Thor. This is how they did it. It's okay. 
Um, it's really fucking cheap. Um, that really shows. I've got problems with it. It's going to go quite low down. Part of that is I'm not that in love with the Thor character anyway. I think a bit like the Hulk. I think he works better in team-ups than he does on his own. But one thing I, I kept forgetting to re- to mention, and it really is worth mentioning, He's a bit a bit pantomime but I still don't think villain-wise they've actually brought in anything better than Loki. I really don't. I think, you know, for a film that I'm going to rank quite near the bottom, it produced one of the best things the series has ever done. Now, I don't think that really shows up till The Avengers. I didn't walk out of Thor going, isn't Loki amazing? I think I walked out of The Avengers going, isn't Loki amazing? I was going to say, yeah, he kind of introduced his character here and how he can manipulate others, um, obviously, mm. as, as the master of And the, the Dark mischief. World, where he sat mm. in cell. And like, and he's created that illusion when he when he strips it away, he sat against the wall with his hair hanging down. Brilliant. That, that that's like the sort of um, that's like the the shot of Loki for me. Yeah, it's the uh, iconic shot, really, isn't it? I think yeah, the Avengers. I think, and plus this also introduces Tom Hiddleston to you know to the world stage to Marvel. It's got Tom Hiddleston, um, and and I, every time I see somebody like Renny Russo, particularly now she's older, I wonder why she's not Hollywood royalty. Yeah, she's amazing in this film. I think of her as like Hollywood royalty, and then I go, no, she hasn't actually earned that. She was in like a couple of lethal weapon films and fucking the Thomas Crown affair. She has actually. <laughs> she she looks that. great though for like for woman really of her age. Great. She looks a little bit. I tell you so. what, it's like, and I haven't seen Outman and the Wasp literally last night. Um, oh. my, no spoilers, my, please. Seeing this weekend. Well, no, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's a little bit like Michelle Pfeiffer. When you cast Michelle Pfeiffer in something now, she's Hollywood royalty because mm-hmm. she's been around for thirty or forty years is still beautiful was beautiful then and she's like earned this position and i think that of Rennie russo but actually when you when you sit and think about it you go she hasn't actually earned that but it's still like a bit of a thrill to see her i think it's just because yeah she's had this long career and she has been in some iconic films but i think maybe because i don't know you don't tend to you know see her on screen as much as if she does tv maybe perhaps i don't watch the shows that she's in um, or she's a family you know um, or like you know like all actors of her generation she's made her millions and can now pick and choose her projects, you know. Well, she made a name as a, a model, and I think uh, she turned oh, yeah. up in... Was it Lethal Weapon 3, Chris? She yeah, turned up three, yeah, the 3 and 4 she's in, yeah. And she was about, like, 37 then or something. It was a bit, like, amazing, but because she was a model, she looked much younger. She was about 45, 46 in the Thomas Crown Affair, which would mean here she's in her late 50s. But the woman just doesn't really age, does she? No, I mean, even like in a film like Nightcrawler, where she, you, you can see like the age on her, you still kind of like, like looking at her with Jake Gyllenhaal, thinking, "Yeah, I still would." You still, yeah. you still like, yeah, yeah, no, no bones about it. Um, yeah, I think she, she has like a, a unique look. She has the one of those things where like she has a thing she does not look like anyone else other than Rene Russo, and it, that it's it's a look that that I think that draws draws you in. It's just like I magnetic look really it's like oh wow very striking um not but not in a unique in a weird way not in a like fucking hell she's a bit weird but in a in a like yeah she's actually absolutely so i'm giving really really mixed messages here i get that but I, i like it i like it and 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 during phase one when i went to see it I walked out going, I really enjoyed that. And two months later, I went to see, or whatever it was, I went to see Captain America, which, I, I, spoilers, I am going to be positive over, but I really didn't like it at the time. 
And they got very similar Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Like, one's got 79, one's got 77, something like that. And I was like, I, you're crazy. Thor is clearly the better film. Now, years on, I don't feel that way. I think there's going to be a few spots between them. And, and the first Avengers is going to be higher. I think it's the better film. But I don't want to be too nasty. It's got a magnetic leading man. It's got... They've managed to get a performance out of Anthony Hopkins. And I'm not taking the piss. I'm genuinely saying that's relatively rare in recent years. It's got a lot of star power in it. I mean, to, uh, what's she called? Natalie Portman clearly doesn't want to be in these sorts of films. And we'll talk about that when we get to the dark world, maybe. But they've got a performance out of her. I've always loved Stellan Skarsgård, right the way back to probably Goodwill Hunting, actually. I've always really liked the guy. And so I, I like this film, but it's very cheap. It's a little bit perfunctory. And um, I think if they produce this now, I think we'd go, that's not good enough. Because it's phase one, we go, it is good enough. But I, I'm, I, I am so glad we're past the point that Marvel thought this was an acceptable amount to spend on a film. Now, there's no reason that they couldn't put out a film that costs like 80 million. But to do this, where you've got to create Asgard and they want to build a film, build a film from scratch, you could almost double this budget to make it work. But that is as negative as I'm going to be until we get to the final act where I can't but say some of these things again. After that, I think I'm going to focus on like character and the story and all the rest of it. So getting it out there, it's cheap. It's a problem. It's going to affect my rankings. But from here on in, there's a lot to like about it. Yeah, I mean, I said, I said it's um, in my top five Marvel films. Um, it's one of the few Marvel films that actually get me emotional. And that actually makes me a little bit teary. Why do you Aww. think that is? Mm? Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it earns its character development. Like there is, and I think this is why I like it so much. And I actually think it's, I you know, I I disagree with Dave considerably a, a, a lot, but I understand where he's coming from because it's not not films for everyone anyway. But I think it's a lot more of a character piece. It's a lot more of a a journey. It's a it's a it's a film that is. It's not necessarily a super hit superhero film it or comic book film really it's actually a film about a relationship between two brothers and a father ultimately you have four who wants to impress his father but is a bit empty-headed and and is kind of punished for it and, and banished but you have the other brother who kind of just wants the affection for his father always felt that disconnection and goes about things like in, in the wrong way because ultimately that's what it is it's like three people who actually do despite what Loki is as a villain he actually loves both Thor and and uh, Odin um, it's actually it's it's quite a complex character as Loki and that's one of the things I really like it I mean in Avengers he's a lot more moustache twirly and he is. the I mean, stuff there, that there, happens there is, in this there film there is so much going on in his face during this film even when someone else is talking and the camera's got him in shot and you go I can see this man thinking. Yeah, I, I, really, I, I really will brook no. Um... He, he, he makes you guess like what's the performance of the character mm. and what's Tom, what's the I, actual. I, you know, he might have been miscast in something like Skull Island or something, which he totally was. But this guy is really fucking talented. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. This, yeah. Film sho- this film shows us that more than I, I would put the Dark World alongside it because he's like distraught and and all that early in the film, but like Tom Hiddleston's a bit special in this film. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like, even like from the my first watch of this film, I was like, kind of, you know what? I mean, I, I, this was back in the time. I'm not sure whether Loki's the right villain for Avengers, but I've, I kind of really liked. How interesting he was here. We'll like, get to it when we get to the Avengers because I think the Avengers is a special film. Yeah, but, but it, 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 this is like I, me preempting I, what before the Avengers came the out. Aven- the Avengers is a bit made by committee. It doesn't yeah. have the best opening forty minutes, and it's a bit. You can see them sat around a table going, "Who should be our villain?" As opposed to there being an organic story. Mm. Um, and they've chosen Loki, and and it's almost like they've chosen Loki because. They've gone. This is the first of a series, and we can like ramp up from him. He was—he's not really a big bad, mm. but but he uses he uses facial expressions and stuff very very well here. I think you're right to a degree that they, I mean Chris Hemsworth is so good at the arrogant swagger. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got you that know? in the back. I mean, in the film, yeah. he's walking along winking, and that could come off so cheesy, and almost well, does. it, it, it takes—it's it. real skill. To play like this arrogant and not be dislikable, and that's and, and that, that's what yeah, I think. He, he really does take, like that. early on, you you like him even though he is basically being a, a a temperamental prick, and it's from being like a likable temperamental prick to like completely having the whole world fall for under him and just be completely just a broken man yeah, yeah, and learn his side, lesson, climb from that and earn. Like to the the rise of four that he should be, you know, and that is something quite powerful for me, you know. That's uh, and that's probably why I like it as much as I, I do. It takes great skill as an actor to be able to do that as well, which I yeah, think yeah, is very important here. So, so yeah, think, yeah, they, all, they've really got the spot on. All, all of that is valid. I think I, I'm going to rank it low for a few reasons. Partly, like I say, yeah. a lot of it's the, a lot of it is the money and the budget, and a lot of it is it, it is in in its uh, it, it does feel like. They were sat at like Iron Man, and they've gone. Who do we want to be in the Avengers? And they've gone. Well, we well, if we're looking at it, we got to have Captain America there. Let's put Thor in. And they've gone right. Let's have a straightforward hero's journey where he's an arrogant prick to start with. On paper, this is a little bit thin. This is a very straightforward hero's journey. What saves it is. The three leads, and I mean the three men. I think a three. I think I mean Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Anthony Hopkins. Really good, isn't it? They're so good. So plus, you've got solid support from Starsgard, um, uh, Dennings, and, and I, I, I love, I love, I love all of them. I mean, I, she, yeah, I, Kat I've Dennings got, a brilliant. Cop, she's really good comic relief in this film. Yeah, well, I love Kat Dennings anyway, but that's other reason. <laughs> but like, I think that's I can't do for Dave. I think the point is. Um, I do. I have problems with Natalie Portman, but that's largely, I think, the meta narrative that I know she doesn't want to be there. I think in in reality, she's actually pretty good in it. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't I, show if she doesn't want to be here. It doesn't actually. It doesn't show, but I know, and yeah. I can't switch off that. I know. I think um, it, it's one of those films, and I'm a bit like this with the Dark World. The Dark World tends to be ranked right down the bottom. Now I haven't rewatched it yet, but I remember quite enjoying it. So I think I'm going to be a bit counter the view on it, although the villain in it is fucking awful, and I'll say that now. But wow. Thor and this film, Thor and the second Thor film, 
are both films that I think I'm going to rank in the bottom like quarter. But genuinely, if somebody ranked Iron Man two at the top, I think they were mental. <laughs> but if somebody oh. ranked, but if somebody ranked Thor near the top, I think I'd go fair enough. You're getting something out of it. I'm not really getting. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the same with this and its sequel. So. I think I'm done with the negativity now. I think genuinely we're just going to talk through the film. And if there's plot points I don't like or performances or bits I don't like, I'll say. But I think I'm gonna I'm done with the negatives now. That through the rest of this review, take it that like I don't like the fucking sets. I mm. really don't, particularly on Earth, and they are major. I can't overstate how big a problem it is for me. But um, when we go as we go through the plot and everything else, there's a lot to like about this. I'm I, I'm going to be quite positive from here on in. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get I understand the sets, and it's almost like I kind of like uh, I understand the situation a bit more, and yeah, okay, maybe. Uh, but I also feel like it kind of suits it as because it's more of a personal character story, and given the fact that the nature of you coming from this big magical kingdom, it's it's. It might be a creative choice to bring it down to something more smaller scale. Granted, it's probably a bit too small scale. Granted, but for me, it's it, it's not as bothersome. It, you know, it's not as like ruinous for me. Um, and maybe, maybe because I just like the characters more. Maybe, I think but... bullshit. I think what bothers me, Chris, is bullshit. You know, I think what bothers me is when somebody like spends tuppence on a film. And they didn't spend tuppence here. They spent $150 million. But, you know, when, when somebody doesn't spend enough money on a film and then on a commentary or so on defends the choice as being artistic and it's like, no, fuck off, you had no money. That's yeah, what I it mean, is. Yeah, but then that what they do in, like, marketing stuff, though? They can't just go, like, you know, it's, it's very rare you get, I like, did, a commentary I and go, did. like... I, I didn't expect Branner on the commentary to go, well, I had to do this because I was skin. Yeah. I didn't expect that at all, but he talked about it as though they called him in. They, he really makes it sound like they called him and said, "Ken, come and design Thor for us." And then they've gone right, Ken. Our general idea is we're going to start on Asgard and then we're going to like move to Earth. What do you think? And he makes it sound like he off his own bat went. Well, I tell you what, right? When they come to Earth, can we make it a cheap, tiny fucking town that no one lives in? I really just don't believe that. What I do believe is that they've gone, Ken, this is the budget. And when he's realized that, he's got two choices. He can either go to some fairly small existing town or they can build something. And I do believe that they went with build something because he has more control over timings for filming and things like that. I do believe he saw positives in what they did. And I do believe that, like, they made design choices with the town to, like, mirror Asgard and stuff like that. I, I believe all of that. And I also understand that in the third film, fourth film, sorry, fourth film, you might look at it and go, well, we're not sure yet that we can spunk a load of money on this. But at the same time, once Thor came along, they were committed. They were doing the Avengers. Now, with the Avengers, it's going to have to be a massive plot. You know you're going to have quite a lot of the Hulk in it, which is expensive because every shot of the Hulk is CG. So at this point, you are committed to spending quite a lot of money. And Iron Man 2 did really well. It did something like $700 million, which relative was very, very good. So I think to pin it down to 150, 
is a bit tight. The Hulk cost that, and this cost that. And when we get to next week, I think they had to loosen it for Captain America. I think there were things they wanted to do in that film where they had to go. Captain America is a slightly bigger name than Thor, certainly domestically in the United States. And we have to loosen the belt a little bit. So the budget for that's a little bit higher and it shows. It shows. So this ends up looking like the most perfunctory part of phase one, that it's somewhere in the middle and they just don't have enough money for it. But I keep saying I'm going to stop now. I will definitely stop. <laughs> but that, that's enough on budget. So we discuss- I'll just confirm. I'll, I'll just like, correct my earlier mistake. Obviously, the takeaway reference is not kind of thoughts because I was watching, as I said, a starfish that is eating almost of the Great Barrier Reef. And because I was watching a nature documentary the other week. Okay. Um, the BBC recent Shakespeare adaptation was, of course, of course, called The Hollow Crown. So okay. that. I did, I did know that in the back of my brain, but just obviously I had the nature documentary in my head first. So sorry about that, old fix. And I also would like to add uh, about first first thoughts. I absolutely adore the score. I love the yeah, great score, isn't it? Really, lo- yeah, really the, enjoyed the, it. The opening credits reminded me of the first X Men film. Yeah. It's, it's very stylish and it's got you know a real look to it. You know how in the film you get a little bit of um, Patrick Stewart um, narration mm. and you get mm. that credit, that title sequence. Remind- I'll tell the history of Thor and how I became how I came to be. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the score is kind of uh, part of the reason why I tear up a little bit as well. It t- took some heart. This is this is this is Patrick Doyle, uh, a Patrick Doyle score. This is um, Ken Branagh's. Uh, long-time collaborator for example he did do murder on the orient express his last film um i'm looking through his filmography now just looking at um uh notable films jack ryan shadow recruit uh rise of the planet of the apes yep uh goblet of fire uh, and then it, it's not that big you go back to the early bit of the century and you've got calendar girls bridget jones diaries uh all, all valid art. films all really valid films yeah all decent but i'm saying there's, there's no dead again in that, <laughs> that was a good yeah, film that's another ken branner it's a ken branner film so, yeah. he's, 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 it's a bit hokey but actually that's when you look through film. it he's ken branner's guy a bit of a guilty pleasure for me yeah he's ken branner's guy basically he did do um donny brasco that's worth mentioning and Kalito's way as well and classic yeah, movie absolutely. so um yeah it, it's got a good score it does have, and it's a long way away. We're, we're a long way from it, but eventually, when we talk to Charlie, I think we're going to try and nail this myth that like modern superhero films just don't have good themes because Marvel have got fucking tons of them. They yeah, really have. it's just not like clearly identify like um, like say like a Williams Superman well, or what, something. What, like that. what you comparing to? You're, you're comparing it to the one of the greatest themes of all time. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think what. Like, I think they're a bit more themed suiting the movie rather than like stuff that you might go and buy the album and listen to at home. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, this, like, it's one of those. This actually with Thor, um, it's probably one of the first like Marvel films that I did actually do that. I thought, right, I'm going to pick up that that yeah. um, the soundtrack CD. Um, another Shakespeare connection, obviously, scored um, Brandon's version of A Winter's Tale for the National Theatre, which is pretty cool, and also Cinderella. Again, which one I directed. So, yeah, obviously they work, you know, they're known for working together, basically. Okay, shall we discuss this film sequentially, folks? Let's do it. So, um, Let's just do it. we have the pre title sequence starting on Earth when you introduced to um, the Earthlings. Which I'd kind of forgotten. And, and do you know what's brilliant about this? Um, 
we start with the sequence where Thor is hit by like their van. Yeah. When he's hit by the van again at the end of the well, not again, literally the same bit, but like after all the bit that led up to yeah. it. Exactly thirty minutes to the second. Oh wow. I checked tonight. Exactly huh? thirty minutes. To do you the think second. that's coincidence, or Jack and No, I, th- I I think that's deliberate. I, oh, I think that, that sounds too much of a coincidence. Did you think like when they were in like in the edit where they were just like just they were off by like say five or six seconds? I think. And, yeah. And they, I, I read it was like, do you think maybe you just get that to like? Yeah. I mean, I can't swear for certain. He might say, "Well, like we were close, and bizarrely, we we wanted it at thirty minutes, but had it been like thirty minutes and twenty five mm. seconds, so be it." And bizarrely, it was exactly 30, 30 minutes. Then, yeah, I mean, it might have been, but it is exactly thirty seconds from that opening scene to where he's hit by the car again. Is the, the first half an hour of the film? I mean, and, I, uh, I, was, that, that, I was quite impressed by yeah. that actually. I mean, I was wondering like what the purpose was why we're um, meeting these lot on, on Earth. Why we go? Why we're going to Earth first? Why don't we just go straight to Asgard, do it, do that, and then go? go along there uh but i guess it's it, it kind of you know if, you, if you're going to sort of like take a series from earth to like another realm um it's probably makes sense to start on earth and then sort of like then introduce that realm you know what i mean it's kind of give you a starting point say look here we are it's the universe here's what else. See how we got here i mean yeah. it, it, it's quite a storytelling trope actually mm. but I never had a problem with it yeah. Um, and also, there's some names in that van. I mean, Kat Dennings wasn't such a big star at the time, but, well, she's not a massive star now, but we've seen her in a few mm. things since. This kind of, kind of provided a launch pad for it. I mean, as well as Hiddleston, obviously, was known for I, TV I, roles, but I think well, it's kind of provided a launch pad no, for them I'm both. Talking about, I'm just talking about this van for a minute. Ah, Those three. Sorry. No, no, it's not a problem. I'm just saying, looking at where we start this film, mm. Natalie Portman is obviously quite a big star. Now, I'm not saying she's a Jennifer Lawrence or something. But most people know what, of that generation mm. know who she is. I suppose she's the same generation as like Scarlett Johansson or something. But he got um, um, yeah. Scarlett, who's a seasoned actor, so he's like, Scar- oh, I've Scar- seen that Scar- guy. Scar- will probably always be known first and foremost for um, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Although I recently saw him in the Borg McEnroe film. I've not seen that. I want to see that. Apparently, it's, it's really good. It. It's, uh, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, so I'm quite happy to give him a signing for it. I quite oh. enjoyed it. Um, I, I I liked it. It's really good. It's, he's um Borg's coach in it. Oh. Uh, and Cat Dennings was probably known at this point for like the forty-year-old Nick Nora's bridge. Infinite Play or something like that. Well, was, was, on the on I, the indie scene, really. I, I knew her really for the forty-year-old virgin. Oh yeah, that was quite I, funny. Was I funny didn't film. know she was in that. But oh, well, the cool. the woman he pairs up with, which who's played by Catherine Keener, she plays her own oldest daughter. Mm. Oh right, okay. Um, and he goes off. He takes her to like a sex education class at one point, and kind of admits he's a virgin while he's there. And in the car on the way back, he tries to play it off as a joke, and she won't have it. And she plays that scene really well. And I've I've always remembered her since. I don't think she's the rangiest actress in the world, but she's um very sort of present in a scene, if you like. Mm. Um, so that that starts us off pretty good. But yeah, Stellan Skarsgård. What else is Stellan Skarsgård really know, known for? Because I think of Goodwill Hunting. What else is he known for, folks? Mamma Mia. Yeah, I suppose that would be. I mean, you, you, <laughs> Mamma Mia too. Well, you're laughing, <laughs> but like actually, that's no, actually that's massive. true. 
Exactly. Uh, well, he's been loads of stuff like he's in Breaking Away, Something for October. Um, yes, really positive. Paris Caribbean, he's in previously to that. Um, yep, don't forget he was in that series as well. Uh, he's, he's Girl Dragon Tattoo and things like that. Yeah, he's. Yeah. He, he works a lot with Lars von Trier, so he does a lot yeah. of like, weird indie stuff. But, um, but in terms of English speaking audiences, I would say probably Good Boy Hunting, certainly Mamma Mia, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and of course, he's and, done, done Scandal. And films of that ilk. So we're starting off. With oh, wasn't what, he in the the, uh, the original? Um, oh, what's that in Summit? Is it the that Nolan oh. thing he um, he yes he, he might made? Isn't he? Is he in the original that of Insomnia? Yes, he was. Well, uh, yeah, he, well remembered. When would that be? About ninety three or something? Seven. Just looking at ninety seven. It is. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's in that. Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we're starting off pretty well, aren't we? You look yeah. at this van and you go, two of you, well, one of you's a big star, another one of you everyone knows, and the other one most people know. Yeah. We're off to a pretty good start. Um, and uh, one thing I do believe, and I do think it's budget-driven, in that they've gone, Ken's this, this is your budget, what do you want to do? But he chose New Mexico because he said the sky there was so famous. Mm. particularly at night and he big just sky. said you get this incredible big sky yeah and i believe that when i watch this sequence and i go yeah that's why you chose new mexico mm. that's why it's, it's famous for lots of um westerns being filmed there as well but literally because you do have that big sky yeah and also obviously like definitely in other um, areas around like nevada and california um but certainly within new mexico as well um it's, it's a very famous location purely for its landscape yeah, it, it, I think I think this film generally looks really, really nice. Has some really nice shots in it. Um, a, a, a few um, a few JJ Abrams um, lens flare I noticed at times, but yeah. Oh, hell, <laughs> so much lens flare, Jesus! But, and also, but it, it does look actually oh quite pretty God. at times. Lens flare, Dutch angles, bloody hell! Dutch angles bother me. Lens flare didn't Jesus. even notice. Is Dutch angles? Is that the one where it kind of tilts or goes up? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's meant to. What it is as is a, is a, is a technique. It's meant to convey like a sense of unease, or you're not quite sure what's going on. But with actually, it's like showing never, inner turmoil. It's, it's, kind ne- of it's never used that way. It's always used as like, aren't I interesting as a filmmaker? Well, here, yeah, I would say obviously that this is my one flaw with with, with Branagh um, in in this film. It is used way too much even just to convey not just to convey obviously to convey like characters in turmoil or, or if there's something not quite right or if there's you know there's villainous mm. dairy do's you know a, a foot sort of thing but here it's just literally just dutch angle after dutch angle after dutch angle and it's like just do it right Branner. come on just do it as you would not with dutch angle just but see every <laughs> other scene is a dutch angle it's just like fuck off you know it pissed me off a little bit to be honest um, but there's like my two obviously JJ like lens flare which is like ugh, I could do a, do a runner and also Dutch angles as well like I've I've had enough it's like shaky cam very very it's passe now um, it was passe just, then I remember know, it was, going, passe now. It was all over the it, you know? it was all over the reviews at the time uh, I don't think Ken Branagh does a bad job at all actually I've got no great criticism no 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 he, does, no, he does a really fine job no many, it's fine but I remember the reviews going how many Dutch angles and it was like yeah totally yeah. it was like I, I was watching it and like discussing it with you guys like on, the, on our private chat thread and I was like how many Dutch shots I know and I, I, I said it was it's not ru- it, I, 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 you know it's not ruinous it isn't but it's really fucking noticeable yeah it, it, it it's, really just, is. it's a bit annoying and so. it's not it's not a plus it's not a good thing I think when it's used well, 
it's used, it's a really clever effect. Um, but I think here, it just unfortunately, it just suffers a little bit from overuse, and it takes you out of the film a little bit. But otherwise, fine. Shot beautifully, it looks beautifully. Just a little bit too much lens flare, which is JJ's signature mark, um, and just a little too much duct angle, I'm afraid. But apart from that, it looks good. Yeah, you kind of also, yeah. every time you see a lens flare, you kind of want to see like a copyright mark. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> copyright. Did it uh, well, just JJ appears in the bottom corner and just does a thumbs up. <laughs> That's what I'd actually want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks up just so he's counting his money, going like. Yeah, like like see here where you've got like a signer in the corner, just JJ doing a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. I endorse this message. I endorse this lens flare. And then we go, and then we cut to Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, it's a bit, isn't it? Yeah, you do get the the Auntie Hopkins. You know, let's let's talk about like the the whole back backstory. It's like you know, just like all the. Mythology and Asgard, and you, you know, it's it's it, it, it you know it, it 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 does its job quite well, I think. It's, it, the de aging software was still reasonably good, actually. Here, Marvel have never it done a like very bad. Actually, don't you know? Well, um, actually, what I would say is the de aging looks pretty good. The only difference between then and say now is that it looks like they've used too much di- digital noise reduction. It looks a bit waxy. Um, but it's much, much better than, say, X3 was. I was going to say, X3, that's weird. Or, it's really weird. Or it that, just, that Wolverine film, Actually, it was worse in Wolverine. It was pretty bad in X3, but Patrick Stewart turned up looking like a fucking puppet. It was weird. That looks very... Yeah, they did, did look waxy. Him in both he and Ian McKellen didn't come off well. In, I remember going to see that film with my friends who are big X-Men fans, yeah. and we all were like, What? You know. One day I will slaughter the X Men films for our listeners' entertainment. I would like to include them in this strand, but I don't think we will. But I would—I'm desperate to get it on onto our show somehow. I won't slate all of them because part of them are really good, but when they're bad, they're really fucking bad. They are really bad when they get it wrong. Um, um, yeah, so he looks a little bit waxy, which looks a bit digital noise reduction. But apart from that, it's not bad. It's all right. Looks okay. We've got the story of like the frost giants and all that shit. <laughs> all, all that crap. And uh, yeah, and then we basically sort of go straight to get see Asgard in all its glory, and then we see it's Thor's celebration day. Uh, it's it's Thor being made king day. Yeah, and he's and he's swaggering down. He's swaggering down the aisle like Zap Brannigan. Yeah. I, I'm, surprised he, I'm only surprised he's not wearing velour. <laughs> and, and, and he's tossing his hammer up in the air and catching it and... And winking. And, and pointing at people, going like, Hey, there you are. Hello, it's me. It's me. <laughs> yeah, he's basically flash art. He <laughs> is flash art, isn't he? <laughs> Am I pleased to see you? Why don't I just put a canoe in my pocket? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's... It could be overplayed, and on paper it is, if I'd read it in the script. And I don't know how the script described it, but it, it likely would have described him being a bit full of himself and mugging for the crowd and stuff. I think I'd have been quite worried, but there's something about Chris Hemsworth. I mean, he, he's not a big... You know, if you if you look at the stars of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, Robert Downey Jr. is a bigger star, and, and probably rightly so. But I remember a scene in, in Infinity War where he, pe- he appears on the screen at the same time as Chris Evans. And I like Chris Evans quite a lot. But it was almost like a quantum leap in star power because Chris Evans appeared first. And it was like having an A-lister there. 
and then Hemsworth appeared and it was suddenly like having a fucking triple A lister appear. Um, he sells all this stuff, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I said that at the, the top of the show, like, you know, it it takes a certain defined skill to still be likable and act like a dick. Mm. You know, it's like you could very easily uh, just sort of like, I don't, I, why, why do I like this guy? Yeah. Uh, from the off, but the, the offset, what sells it is you still kind of like him. There's something about his energy that you're just like, yeah, he's a good guy. He just that's like a dick, but he's you know he, he's, oh, he's, he's, just, he, he's he's fun he's to be around though. He's you know you he, he tell like he's got a good heart. That's the thing. You can tell he's well he's well intentioned. I must say I I wasn't familiar with this part of James Hunt's career. I I remember him winning the Formula One World Title, but I don't ever remember him becoming a <laughs> It could be uh, like a Norse god, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit, uh, you know, Nicky Lauder's just had a lung transplant, and I was thinking about that today, and I was thinking, what, why didn't, like, James invite him to his, like, investiture as king? Why is <laughs> Nicky Lauder not in the audience? But then that would be Daniel Brühl, which would confuse casting with Civil War coming up. <laughs> um, I like him here. I, I just do, and, I, you know, I, I, you know I, I, I'm going to be quite... I wasn't at the time... It's the Dark World and all the Avengers films and Rush and other things, but I I cannot I almost can't overstate that shot in Infinity War where Steve Rogers was on the screen and suddenly Thor appears, and it was like a quantum leap in star power. And Chris Evans is is currently kind of an A lister as well. I actually think. Chris Hemsworth is a bit special in terms of like screen charisma. And I don't know if that's commonly agreed with or that's just me and my He literally oozes charisma. Do you he think do you think it's it. it's just that smile he has? He does have, he have that kind of But easy, isn't it? It's just yeah, very, it's very just lovely, it's just that winning. kind of like he, he kind of smiles and it really sort of charm. It's almost shitty, but it's like at the same time. It like, is, but, it I mean, is I like, but it's like, oh come on, man! Yeah. I remember when I went to see because uh, I like Tom Cruise, and, and we're going to cover Mission Impossible next year. Yeah. I, I saw I saw Fallout last week. I'm fucking loving. Oh, it's it. amazing! Oh uh, my god, best action film of the year. It is of, of this decade. Film. Bond take film. note. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's um. Yes. It, sorry. <laughs> I said Bond take note. Oh, definitely. Um, there's, there's a big debate on Facebook yeah, at the moment. I tend to think the last three have kind of been fairly similar in that, like, Ghost Protocol onwards, there's a sheet of paper between all of them. I think what pushes this over the top is I think Ghost Protocol was better than Rogue Nation, but Rogue Nation had Rebecca Ferguson, which Ghost she Protocol was really good. Had. And this film And Rogue Nation had a grit, I think, as well. There was a there was yeah, certain was, tangible was grit to Rogue Nation. I tell you what, Rogue Nation had it had the best fucking transition into the title sequence ever. That I was would, really cool. That the was bit so where cool. they go light the fuse, and I think, why don't they do that every time? That mm. the fuse being lit is part of the fucking scene. Because it's, it's become it's become a staple now, isn't it? Especially well, in, it in long running fans will remember it from the TV series. They don't, they don't light the fuse as part of the scene, apart from that. But no, uh, that was clever. But. But I remember years ago watching him in Vanilla Sky, which I do think is a massively underrated film. And that's just me, because most people don't like it. But I really like Vanilla Sky. I like the original Spanish version as well. But I do actually... Oh, but yeah, uh, it's a good film. I prefer the original, I, but I do like the remake too. I, I, I actually prefer the remake, because I think the plot oh. makes more sense, because there's a few differences in plot. Oh, um, but they look kind of similar. Um, Penelope Cruz plays the same character in both of them. Mm. Um, but... Tom Cruise in the first half an hour of that film, roughly, 
not exactly like this film, is um, smug. And every time he smiles, it's like, oh, you smug twat. And I quite like Tom Cruise for, for all the Scientology shit. As an actor, I really like Tom Cruise. He doesn't disappear into a role. It's always Tom Cruise, but I always believe the emotions that man is like exhibiting as his character. Um, but I think the point I'm going a long way round to make is if you go and watch Vanilla Sky, this that's how you do smug wrong. In the, the first 20 minutes of that film, that guy is fucking insufferable. And Thor should be here, but the Hemsworth's like star power is like, I quite like you. <laughs> you you, you just sit, like, see the Hemsworth there, you think, yeah, but I can't hate you. There's, there, there's, something, there's something more to you that I like, but you're just, you're just, a, bit, you're just a bit cocky, you're just a bit full of yourself, but you, you, you're alright, really. Plus well, he's, he's God of Thunder, he's son of Thor, what do you expect? He's not the son of Thor. But not son of, um, son of Odin, I mean. God of Thunder, son of Odin, that's what I meant, sorry. Thor, Odin's son, yeah. Exactly, yeah, he's, um, he's son of Odin, is what I meant, sorry. I was about to talk about Assassin's Creed then, but I'll stop, because I'll get carried away. Um, the dumb chip. Is that a <laughs> I'm sorry, no, I was just reading out something elsewhere, so... Um... Do you do that when you're on your own? Do you read the paper and go, oh, but dumb chip? <laughs> <laughs> please. Um... Okay, so he gets he's about to become sort of king here. And I had to kind of... I, when I was watching the film earlier, I called up the Wikipedia page just to check that's what was happening because it got interrupted and I thought Odin's still, like, young and... Well, not young, but he's still, like, um, vital, if you like. Yeah, I was about to say virile. I didn't mean virile. Vital. He's still, like, well. Um and it is. He's about to be like given the throne, but it gets interrupted by like the frost giants. Yeah, the the frost giants come and try and steal uh, essentially what was theirs from. from Absolutely, the, from the I do. I do have to make one point before we move on. Did you not get the impression Thor wanted to do his mum? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably just Chris Hemsworth though. Blocking mm. it. When he so just her, I was like, "You saucy devil." I'd be confused if that was my mum, wouldn't you? Well, maybe Becca was right. Four is four, son. <laughs> I just got my name mixed up, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he bothered himself. It's, it's very hot here, you know. It's quite warm in England at the moment. Ouroboros. Badumch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Badumch there. But yeah, um, when he, he looked at me, I just thought, God, I wouldn't want that as my mum. That would so confuse me. But anyway... Um, yeah, the Frost Giants, um, this is all to do with the, effectively, we did see, like, I think it was 900-odd AD, we saw the Frost Giants try to, like, invade Earth, and, like, Odin sorted it out, mm. and there's been, like, a... A truce, uh, kind of. A, a truce ever since. Now, what I found interesting about this was it was a little bit, um... You you can leave the politics of this alone quite easily because I don't think it's overtly political. But what clearly happens is, it's like it's a bit like the real IRA, in like the IRA um, in Ireland uh, committed to peace like a couple of decades ago, but for a for a few years afterwards, you had like the quote unquote Rebels. real IRA, a splinter cell, yeah. yeah. And that's what this is, and this is what... Oh, and I didn't get it at the time. At the time, I thought, well, they've invaded Asgard, and, and Odin's going, chill out. 
But actually, what he's saying is, it's only a few of their number. And what he's basically saying is, it's a splinter cell. We will not go over. Uh, we will not go to war over like a rogue element. Mm. And he's right. I mean, I think he's right not to like jump the gun. It's like, okay, well, we don't know. Was this actually ordered by? But what, what, was this a main, or was this like a like a bunch of rogue? Rogue ones going ahead. We don't know yet. I'm not going to sort of like charge in, charge in on you know bait on 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 assumption. You know, you know. But he does actually say it's a few of their number. And also when Thor and O O Loki and he said Odie, that's um. No wonder he went bad. Really, but when when they were kids, he was saying a wise king doesn't rush to war. And it's going to be a bit perfunctory and heavily signposted like that because it's a PG-13 film. It's going to be a little bit... The message of this film is to like engage a bit of thought first. Um, so all the way through this little sort of prequel, a very short first act, effectively, um, Thor is being taught, well, you don't go rushing in like a fucking idiot. You mm. actually assess the situation. And if it's one rogue element, you don't do anything silly. And of course, Thor's not only is Thor's investiture as king uh, interrupted, so he, he isn't the king, but he does go charging in like an idiot. Yeah, I mean, he gets like he, he he tosses the table over, and you also have Luke in his ear, basically do this manipulation thing. We we don't yeah. well, we're not quite sure yet because the, the film doesn't like make that clear outright. It kind of eases that in gradually, but he kind of like look. I think I personally think you're right, but what can you do? You know, he's doing that kind of thing, um, and he's got the the Warriors Three in there and Lady Sif, um, and they kind of he basically convinced them, "Come on, let's just let's let's just go and sort out ourselves." Eh. The only bit of the film that I thought was really, really Ken Branagh is where he was talking to the Warriors Three and Lady Sif. Yeah, and and like I say, I probably said it earlier in the episode. It's a little bit like when you see your school teacher laughing at Shakespeare, and I'm thinking, are you really finding that funny, or are you laughing to be fucking intellectual? Um, there was a little bit of like, <laughs> in that, the way they yeah. all talk to each other, and and that was a stiff scene, and it played stiff the first time I saw it. I saw that and just went, "That's Ken Branner wishing this was Hamlet or something." But I do like uh, Sif. I, yeah, as a character as well, I think... Uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I only look at her for the articles. <laughs> no, but she she does do a... She, she do a good job. But, um, yeah... I no, she does. <laughs> Stop it. Stop if it. If you would like to blow any of us, write to us at Expect Us to Talk. Well, talk. Chris or Dave. If you'd like to blow Becca, who's crying... If you're Chris Hemsworth, would you like to come and have a date with me? If you're Chris Hemsworth, but Rebecca, like... Chris Hemsworth's a happy married man. I know, I know. Yeah, but if you're Tom Hiddleston, would you like to come? He's no Roger Moore, Moore granted, yeah, but his wife had just had a baby with Dom. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know he's happily married. It's okay. Now, um, his his wife is that lady his wife from wife. <laughs> the previous franchise. Um, I can't remember her actual name. She's a bit older than him. Before. Yeah, the one that's not Michelle Rodriguez. Um, the one that worked with uh, the one that worked with um, Dwayne Johnson as like a cop who had yeah. like a baby with Vin in like episode eight. That's Chris Hemsworth's wife. No, it's okay. I'm not a homewrecker, really. 
But yeah, anyway, so they basically sort of go to... Uh... Yeah, you, yeah, you aren't, because we offered you Roger Moore and you just weren't having it because he was happily... He was happily married to Christina Falstrup. Yeah. Um, hey, he's, such a, he's such a gentleman. Hey, she's free now. <laughs> Some other rich gentleman can swan in and go, ah... Oh. I can stick on X Lady Moore. Give it a bit, of, give it a blast, literally. Uh, <laughs> all right. I mean, um, you'd have to put up with it long, would you? Really? No. Actually, I, um, I, well, she, she related to Sir Roger Moore, I've got a bit of a um, an event to plug at the end of the show, which, if you'll indulge me, I'll do later on. Yeah, it's it's something to do with scaling a massive erection. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, he goes off to fight the Forest Giants and it doesn't go well. No. Now, the one thing I thought of when I watched him fighting was like, he was, come on, give me a real fight. And it struck me as guys outside pubs just looking for a fight mm. uh, and, you know, just really looking for a real, like, punch up. He does come off really fucking juvenile here and that works. That works for the film. Oh, it definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's that charismatic, but like, I'm that good. Give me some, you know. Give me, give me something that, that at least tests me a little bit. Uh, but yeah, he, he he basically just they have they have a big fight. Um, we we see that Loki gets something happens when he gets touched, and there's a little head. They of grab light. his right um, now. I think he's. I think it's Volstag, the yeah. Ray. What's he called? Ray Stevenson. Yeah, he's really good as well. He gets grabbed on the arm, and it leaves like effectively like a nice burn. Frostbite, frostbite, for yeah, want yeah, of a better term. Um, and when they grab Loki, he deals with it. His body deals with it all right, and as Loki, Loki is sh- as shocked as the rest of us. Yeah, he's basically because it turns out that he's half mutant, half ice creature, or as an ice creature in part of his makeup. Yeah, spoilers, but uh... spoiler alert. People. But if yes, but that's game uh... twenty eleven. If you've not seen it, get on it. And uh, Frandall's been injured. The guy looks a bit like Errol Flynn. Yeah, the, yeah, he does have Errol Flynn esque. Who he's recasting? He's recasting the next one. He, Although he... you couldn't tell, they cast someone who looked really similar. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a bit weird. That's a and, bit and, strange. And do you know what the sad it. thing is, though? I don't think anyone cared. <laughs> no, was, no I, I must cares. say, he was a very kind of minor character. I mean, he looks very dashing, and he's got great makeup and a great physicality to him. But it's like. Shame we don't see him again. <laughs> yeah, also, we don't really see, we don't really see you know, much of the Warriors Free you know, in general, it was, really. No, we it don't. Was it's a shame. Stuart Townsend was meant to play yeah. this role. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a nice um, one. And originally, also, Zachary Levy was actually meant to play it in this film and was um, had to pull out. And he's, in, and he's in the sequel. So basically, they ended up with... It's a bit like Mark Ruffalo. They ended up with their original choice, but just by a circuitous route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that was another thing for Stuart Townsend because he was originally going to be Aragon, wasn't he, in the Lord of the Rings? He he, he filmed some some time as Aragon, yeah. and, and they looked at him and just went, "He's too young." And they they called in um they called in Vigo, and Vigo's first scene is that sword fight where we you know where Frodo gets stabbed in the mm. shoulder by the white. I was about to say White Walkers. That's not. <laughs> No, wrong, wrong series. Uh, but yeah, he gets stabbed in the shoulder. That sword fight there was almost improvised because it was his first day on set. Uh, you got to be good if you're Stuart Townsend, wouldn't you? Be like, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, he's not even with Charlize Theron anymore. He can't even go home and like 
cheer himself up. <laughs> oh. um, okay, so uh, where do we go from here? He gets basically take they all get taken back to Asgard, and uh, Odin goes crazy at bonkers with his drilling sex, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets but, really pissed off. Yeah, basically, sort of comes down uh, and they he. He tries to kind of you know cool things over, but like the you know uh, was it uh, who's the is it Lalfri the uh, the ice giant king? Uh, I can't remember his name. Lalfri, Lalfri, yeah, is 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 having none of it, so he goes like, all right, fine, well, Confiori, yeah, can't remember his name actually. Uh, Lalfri, yeah, yeah, Confiori, yeah, yeah Lalfri, definitely. Yeah, I must say there's a really underrated like British cast. We've got Confiori, um, Hopkins, Hodge. whose name I forgot. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, hello, loves. Um, uh, Tom Hiddleston, um, Idris Elba, Alex Ferguson, Ray Stevenson. Why Um But yeah, really good, like strong British cast in this film, um, playing, you know, blinking heuristic roles. Playing or, with each other. Oh, roles that um, buried underneath a mound of, of makeup that I had to sort of Very, look at who played Alfie and was like, oh my god, really? Whose mound was it? <laughs> who else? Who else? Who else can we have? Okay, so he gets stripped of his powers and basically fired to Earth, which is basically the first hour, half hour of the film, which is basically puts him back being hit by that van in New Mexico. Yeah, um, yeah, and also um, Odin kind of whispers something in, in, into the hammer uh, and, and, and basically says, "Earn this." Yeah. Essentially, he's like he, he, di- he directly quotes Saving Private Ryan and says, "Earn this." <laughs> he doesn't, but that's the gist. Yeah. So you can only pick it up if you're worthy. Mm. And then throws that to Earth as well. You think, why don't you just put it on the side? It, just it, put it, it down. Well, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's to give his son um, the chance to come back. Uh, earn, earn, earn yourself, earn yourself, earn your worthiness to be able to come back. All right, fair enough. Okay, so he's sent to Earth, hit by a van, and ends up in hospital as Donald Blake, which was kind of Thor's um, alter mm. ego in some mm. of the comic runs, I believe. I've so, never yeah, read I think that's before, a bit of a nice, a nice nod. Yeah, they kind it, of... it, it, it's a definite nod, but I can't claim to have read any Thor I haven't. I'd like, yeah. to, I'd like to go back to the comics and check it out, actually, because when um, my late grandad, my, my dad's dad, sort of passed away a few years ago now, um, I don't, I think... My uncle, young dad's brother, has got his collection, but he's got a lot of the old Marvel comics. Um, I think most of, if not all, of the, the Thor comics. Um, personally, I've not seen them. I would like to go and have a look, because I've not seen them, sadly. Um, and that's why this one's also a bit of a personal connection for me, which is quite nice. Um, but sadly, I don't... I think my grand didn't get to see this, because he, he passed away in 2012, but I sadly don't I don't think he saw this film. Um, I'm, so, which, I'm so which glad. It's but, um, but yeah, I, I would like to go. I would like to go and have a look at those comics actually. So I might get in touch. I'd be so upset if we were sat here and you're desperately trying to defend Superman Four because your dad liked it or something. <laughs> it's just like you know, at least you can take a critique of this film. But Thor's hardly terrible. It's okay. Um, so he ends up in hospital. Um, we get and... just like a bit of comedy as well because there's the fish out of water element where he's where he's basically sort of. At, still acting as if like, how dare you strike the might and again gets like knocked out by something like a taser. Or... He, do, he does have. A, I saw a meme the other day. Thor has a problem with like windshields <laughs> and, and, and glass. Yeah, 
Because he hits one in Infinity War as well. If you actually yeah. look at Thor, he has a tendency to smash into like win- walk into windows and stuff. Is there like a like, comp- like a compilation video on YouTube of it or something? I don't know. Probably. I'm, I'm sure there's a supercut somewhere. It was pictures at the time, but that's the gist. So yeah, he's how dare you? And the, and, the, and of course they eject him in the ass as well, and your ass showing it. it's hardly yeah. like. <laughs> not, it's not godlike, is it? No, it's not, it's not the most dignified. Plus, 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 you hear that sort of like screeching against the window sound, where he's like his face up, pressed up against it. That's quite funny, though. The film that, that was funny. This film is really good. I know. It reminded me a little bit of Dine of the Day. Later on, when he walks into the town to like fight that fucking plot device near the end, um, <laughs> it is like a big metal plot device. I, I think that's dreadful. The third act of this film is not very good, but Marvel took years to get third acts right. Um. Or, or to get third acts right consistently, because you could argue it with the Avengers, I guess, but like um, the third act of this film is pretty shit, but I remember the Foley work being like really good. His footsteps and stuff like that, and you thought that they wouldn't have captured that at the time. They wouldn't have captured that natively. And they've actually like done that pretty well. So yeah, he's in the hospital, um, tries to get out, then what? Uh, they they basically sort of try to find him again, don't they? Because they realise, hang on, he's... They, they, at first, when he dropped him off the hospital, they just thought he was just some random that happened to be there. And then they kind of like look back on the, the video evidence and sort of say, oh, they shit, can see we a, think they he's... They can see a guy in the Bifrost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they go, oh, shit, I think he's actually, like, like a piece of evidence now. So they... What were they... Remind me what they were researching. Science and shit. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I could not. Is that a technical term? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll be something like lots of like dimensions, and I would have thought, and, and something along those lines. I'll be honest. As much as I love this film, I actually don't know. But then partly because I don't care, because it's just science and shit. Um, <laughs> science and shit. Oh, okay. You know, it's just. That's that's pretty much how you can explain it anyway. But uh, yeah, they go go back to find him, and they they realise oh shit, he's already escaped. And then they they do the gag of of him like oh you know hitting him again with a car without you noticing. So it that's that's quite good. That's that's quite. And then so yeah, so that's now they're there. Uh, where are we where are we now? Um, I think. Uh, what else? Um, the local pop, the local um, sort of population are trying to, because basically, I think it's about fifty miles outside mm. this shit, this shitty town. They, um, <laughs> I love that they, town. Yeah, well, to visit, yeah, but as a as a film set, it's like you might as well just scream, "We have no money." Um, it's they, like a they, western. That's what it's like an old-fashioned yeah, western. Yeah, but it was used for westerns. All and the stuff. westerns. But with all westerns, the westerns. Yeah, but with <laughs> westerns, you expected to like ride into towns that like had seventy-five people living there. Doesn't really work for this. But there you go. Um, just outside the town, like Mjolnir's landed his hammer, and they're all trying to like pull it out. Um, I know that's part of the plot around. Hey, Stanley her. cameo. Um, you also, you yeah. also have like what's going on uh, up in Asgard because then you have Loki, conf- Loki finding... confronting his dad and yeah. just saying, you, uh, "You're not my dad." Well, I mean, this is like part part of the one the way it's, where his his uh, performance is quite complex because there's part of you think, okay, which part of him is being manipulative, 
and which parts have been genuine. Because there's the one where he's like, you know, where he basically screams, "Tell me, like, why?" You know, when he realizes why, why that's, that seems that's genuine. What makes him possibly the best mm. villain, or or the best antagonist, or the best anti-hero, or however you want to say it that Marvel have ever had. And I know, I, I know, there's a lot of hype around Thanos now, and I think that's pretty justified. Actually, I think Thanos is really good, and he's clearly got a level of power Loki um, doesn't convey uh, because Tom Hiddleston's a bit reedy and all the rest of it. But at the same time, there's so much complexity to this character, and um, Tom Hiddleston can play all of it. He can play, like, you know, he comes off a little bit sort of. Um, cold and smarmy, well no cold and smarmy don't go together as terms but sometimes he comes off as a bit cold, sometimes he comes off as calculating, sometimes yeah that's it and sometimes he comes off as like pretty charming, yeah so I think he's really really good in this and, in terms of the character he is because he's like Loki being the yeah. god of mischief isn't we're, he, so. it, it, it's not like watching um, Emperor Palpatine where, no. you know, where you know you're watching a pantomime villain and you're just enjoying watching him hoodwink everybody. Yeah. With Loki, we genuinely don't always know when we're being hoodwinked as well. No, exactly. So I think that's so, the whole point, isn't it? So he, that's, that's quite good. Absolutely. He shows some emotion and you go, is that real? Is that real? Or is it fake? We mm. don't know. That's, just like, that's, that's kind of just real, you know. It's, it's, but his father collapses. Sounds about to, you know, to, his, to his talent, really testament to his talent there. Um, and I've got another um, Shakespeare link with Hiddleston and Shakespeare coming up at the end of the show. Yeah, um, so his father collapses, basically needing to hibernate. Is that fair enough to say? It's kind of one of the things. It's like it's. I guess it's it's played like as a heart attack, but then it's just like they they just sleep it off for yeah. an X amount of time if they do wake up. That's what I, th- I think that's what they call it. I don't know. Um, okay. So yeah, so and and essentially he basically becomes king by default. Yeah, and, and we've got a load of fish out of water stuff like um, Thor having a drink and smashing the cup. Yeah, uh, another, another, yeah, I quite another like. smash. Yeah, uh, Thor, tra- Thor oh. going into a pet shop and asking for a horse, <laughs> um, which is quite funny. Do you want a cat? The, yeah, but you get all the little shots of the little pussy cats and stuff, and then he says, "I want, I need a horse." As brazen as can be, and it's just like well, we don't sell horses. Well, give me something big enough to ride. Yeah, um, we actually see the very last moment of Thor's arrogance, um, but we'll come to that in a minute. It's literally delineated that you go, "That's the last moment of arrogance we see from him." Uh, what else? He he kind of like bonds with Jane a bit. Yeah, explains she... to her that like magic is science. You don't understand. Well, that's yet. that's afterwards. I mean, she takes him basically takes it to um to the hammer. He overhears like the like the stuff that they're uh, they've heard. So they they agree. He, so he agrees to. Well, he he basically says, "Well, I must leave you because I need to go go and find the hammer." And they go, "Okay, well, good day then." And then they then they go back and realise that Shield had taken all their shit. Uh, so Jane basically gets in the van, and, and that's where the I need a horse bit, and she picks him up, and they both together they go together to where Shield of like basically complex that's surrounded what. by, and he sneaks in. Yeah, yeah, that's and, and we, we get a uh, introduced effectively via cameo to Hawkeye, yeah. which was in the reshoots. He wasn't there to start with, but it was in the reshoots. You can kind of Haw- tell that though. 
You, you can. You totally can, because every shot of him is totally isolated from everything else. Um, that's the last bit of arrogance we see, because mm. Thor really swaggers up to this thing. Yeah. I mean, he has a fist fight with, uh, with a lot of people, with the guards, and he's like... Well, the... Right before he does it, if you're big, fought bigger. Yeah. There's still mm. loads of arrogance there, and then he swaggers over to the hammer, and when he can't do it... It's the one film I can think of where someone screams up at the sky where I don't like want to vomit because mm-hmm. they go actually that works because his father is up there um, and he's not screaming no he's actually just kind of a bit howling and he's crying as well um, that's the last bit and of he's completely defeated think. as well like it's just like fuck what do I do what's that's the last bit of arrogance we see from Thor in this film mm. totally I think anyway. No, because you you basically yeah, because in the next scene he's basically taken taken aside like being um, interviewed by Coulson, who uh, who is nice to actually see see get a, a larger substantial role here. Um, you think, given the fact that he's basically um, who's, who's the actor's name? I forgot now. Clark, Greg Clark, yeah. Greg Clark or Clark Greg? Clark. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he basically plays Coulson as like as like Mark Johnson. Yeah, basically as as a as a nerdy fed. But he he kind of does he does come across well as like a genuine agent, like as a you know I'm a I'm a someone who we've seen the honesty and is professional. Um, and he's and he's like interrogating um for for not giving him much. So the he leaves the room to come to come back, and and there's Loki in reflection of the mirror. And... That's really clever. I do like that scene a lot. Also, on a side note, I like how Coulson's character is built up. Like, obviously, he's kind of made more of a moment. And then obviously, in, in the Avengers movie, he's like the ultimate nerd with his, you know, Captain um, America. Well, it's got his card collection of Captain America as well. And then obviously, when we get to Agents of Shield, it's kind of revealed that he's actually a badass. So I, I do love how Coulson is kind of built up and built up and built up throughout these films. Anyway, well, carry on. Um, yeah, and again, this I think this is like another knock. On four, um, obviously he's completely defeated, and it's like it's it's a bit more of an emotional punch because he basically sort of Loki go, goes to basically tell him, um, "Look, father's dead. Um, you're banished. I can't risk." And I'm king, and I'm getting my dick washed every morning <laughs> by three women in the. Oh no, that's just, coming to America. Yeah, I was gonna say just like Eddie Murphy. Um, and yeah, He's so your queen to be like you know. <laughs> there's nothing you can basically he's laying on the gill um, and four is just there's, there's there's really sense of like completely just heartbroken but there's, you can, but as you said Dave like he's not he, he's already coming around like sort of like being humbled like where he says thank you for coming to see me this is a little bit of a guy's just completely just changed that like completely you know, there's something kind of really, and you can see the, you can almost see how he's Loki himself isn't, isn't entirely like you know he doesn't do the sinister ha 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 thing, he he kind of like he kind of looks as if sort of say like I'm doing this for yeah. your own good. You know, the, when I when I think of sort of pantomime villains in these types of films, and I mean big films, big franchise films, I can't help thinking of Palpatine, and he's not that, he, mm. he's not that. There, there's more nuance there. Yeah. Now, as as time goes by, we're in on the the joke, if you like. We know what Loki is. 
it's still a little bit shielded from us in that like we're never quite sure if he's playing or not but we at least know going forward that he will play whereas he, we didn't know here and they did kind of try to keep it from us yeah definitely i mean like there's no um you know think about it, there's no incentive for him to, to even tell him that i mean that's essentially what he's doing he's doing the he's doing a block basically don't come back but have a life here you know have a, a life here yeah, yeah. You know, like you know, end 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 of the day. Look, you know, you have my. I, th- I think he even describes the throne as like the heavy burden. Yeah, has passed to me, so it's like you know, I'm I'm dealing with it. Yeah, but it plays okay. I mean, at this point, I'm not even sure I was completely sure that he was the villain. Really, mm. uh, it was kind of hinted at with the Warriors Three, although they did the Warriors Three do come to Earth to get Thor. Yeah, they yeah they they, they suspect. Loki, or, or more particularly, Sif does, um, and yeah, so you kind yeah, of, but she has the superpower of being fit, Chris. She does, she does, um, but she's more charismatic than the than the Warriors three, though. To be fairness, but... one one eats a lot, one looks so you're like saying, Chris, and the let, other one. Let me get this right, Chris. You're saying you'd rather do her than Ray Stevenson. <laughs> Guilty. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's some hard hitting opinion there, Chris. That's a hot take. Fresh off it? his year as Batman, he's going to relax by as not being Ray Stevenson. He's, he's, finishing, he's finishing off his year as, as Batman and starting it as, as Bond. By doing women. <laughs> and, then so, and not the Punisher. Yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, but also, it's just like a, another complex villain thing of like. Even though he's a villain, he's showing a bit of mercy towards his brother. It's like it's not like look, I I could just not give a fuck and just leave you here, or I could come down and just kill you, or or he could, or he could not bother and not say anything. Yeah, exactly. But he come down to look, have a life, you know, move on. You know, almost like sort of just like basically giving him closure, even though it's like even though it kind of like it's like the extra knife going in. But um, yeah, it's. Again, that's that. That's another scene that makes me go, "Oh God, that's quite a." Um, and then uh, Starscar comes in and basically sort of like, "Yeah, he's he's one of mine." You know, Eric Slover comes in and basically says, "Yeah, he's 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 a do- he was upset, he was drunk, whatever." Um, they don't believe him, but they decide to sort of like let him go and tail him anyway. And then basically they go to a bar, get drunk, listening to Free Fighters. Well, haven't we all? Probably. Oh yeah, yeah. So basically, they're at the bar, and he basically sort of says, "Look, I don't know, I don't know if you're conning, conning us, or generally yeah, crazy." Yeah, because Eric Selvig has been going into like um, kids, you know, bookshops and mm. picking up kids' books that refer to Thor. And yeah, Thursday, it's like his know, childhood Thursday. kind of thing. And he's like, "This is just, this is just the most obvious like lie he could tell. He's just picked this thing out of a kids' book, you know." Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, basically, so look, and I've seen the way Jane looks at you. Do me a favor, leave, just get out of here, you know. And he kind of like, they, you know, they kind of agree, but they end up getting absolutely smashed. And they go back to uh, Jane's van, <laughs> and then, and that's when you have the scene where Force explains to Jane about like, you know, science's um, superstition that we have not have, not yet, know yet, kind of thing. Well, this is this is kind of throwaway but at the same time you've got to remember what a risk this film was mm. 
um, because we've had an Iron Man film, which was in itself a risk, but by the time we come to the sequel, it's not. The thought, th- uh, the Hulk is kind of a known quantity. So we're now broadening out, broadening out. We're leaving Earth. With, we're introducing like magic. We're introducing gods. Um, this is a, a much riskier film than perhaps I talked about in sort of my opening thoughts on it. And what Marvel are really good at is making the extraordinary ordinary. Mm. You know, that you throw a load of magic in and you surely would... Get, it's a bit like Live and Let Die where suddenly there's mm. this fucking illusionist in it and you go, that doesn't work, surely. But Marvel are very good at just, like, throwing away a line where you go, okay, fair enough. They've just gone, basically, think of it as science you don't understand. Yeah. And, and, we've it, just, and, and in just a way, that's, go, well, that's, the, that's the way you you explain Supernatural anyway, even at the most grandest extremes. It's, it's something like, we, can't, it, we can't explain it. There, yeah. there probably is an explanation, but yeah. we can't explain it. Because that's, that's what science is. It's just the explanation of, of how things are, what things, how things work, what things are, you know, if we... So if you can't explain it, then science hasn't explained it, which yeah. technically makes magic is something science hasn't yet explained. Exactly. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you stop and think about it, you go, yeah, well, that doesn't make sense. You learned <laughs> shitloads as Batman. No wonder you were fighting no crime and shit. You were sat in the Batmobile reading this shit on Wikipedia, <laughs> Yeah, I was just like pondering like the mysteries of the universe, going like, oh, I don't know, what's that about? Like, but meanwhile, like people yeah, just get me- beat meanwhile, beat the... <laughs> the, meanwhile, the Joker's going fucking. Wild. I'm like, I'm like our gal in Die Hard, where like shit's going on behind me, and they're just like dicking around on my phone, going like, hey. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I think there was your problem, wasn't it? You yeah, probably. Prime thinking of our gal from Die Hard. <laughs> Doesn't everyone? <laughs> All right, fair enough. No wonder this went really, really fucking wrong. Crime dropped. Crime dropped in my years. Year as Batman. We're gonna to have to see how Becca gets on next year. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say how was Batwoman. I don't know if there is a Batwoman. No, it's Batman at thirty-five. We've decided. <laughs> you, can, that bad. you can have to wear a corset or something. Yeah, put, you're gonna have to put on a cop piece. Yeah, put some put some socks down your fucking tights. I have a bad throat all the time. I can't. can't and then back. you're gonna to have to be like Rachel. Well, you can do you can do like the the Affleck thing of like the the voice box. Yeah, that I would could. be Rachel. 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 <laughs> I am not that Stephen would, Hawking. That would, that would be of Stephen Hawking. You sound like a Dalek. Okay, now what? Where do we go from here? So he, he's totally like fucking wanting to go to the bone zone with Jane. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, the Warriors Three have headed down to him. Yes, because they. And they, um, yeah, because they, they make a deal with um, with uh, Hamdel, oh, who, who who basically is like, because since then Loki's been to uh, see the Frost Giants make a deal, and and Hamdel he's basically hid in himself, and Hamdel's like smells a rat basically. So they so yeah. the free, so they go to um, they go to him, and they and he basically goes like, well, I don't you care. Watch this fucking film and go and look at Idris Elba and go, that's the man we want as James Bond. You have Chris Hemsworth in the same film, and you've got no, no this old guy. Fucking hell. Anyway, um, I, I must, so I, cool I, I must admit, there was a really oh, beautiful, like, sort of shot, like, um, with uh, Idris Elba. It was more like in his eyes, you know. You know when Thor's like lifting, trying to lift a hand when failing, and you sort of yeah. just see like reflection of the eyes. And I know Idris Elba's great. I just can't see him as James Bond, and he's too fucking old no, now. I know, but I just think that was such a it's really... nothing to do with his color, by the way. It's mainly he's yeah. too old. 
and his screen presence is a bit too like um, an older sort of one from I think he would be ideal now but I I do love him it's a brilliant series yeah exactly watch Luther that's not James Bond if you're if you're you know in the UK and check it out if it's on any of any of your you know like series or think of it it's on Netflix go and check out Luther it would be like casting Dennis Waterman as James Bond but would Daniel Craig make a good Luther Oh, no, I don't think he would. I'm I sorry. Don't I haven't watched Luther, so I couldn't tell you. But <laughs> you got what? Oh, so good, so good. It was, it was right. Quite um, quite gory though. I was, it's unexpectedly gory for me. Oh, it's gory. But yeah, but, yeah, but hang on a minute. That's Becca saying that. That means someone fucking. There's a little bit of blood. <laughs> yeah. Be fuck all, wouldn't it? It's Becca. A little bit of blood, not too much. It's so gory. All oh, right, you cut your eyelid. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, then what? Gory. So they they turn up to sort of come and get Thor. Then what? Um, yeah, th- yeah. Basically, they they come and he basically said, "Look, I can't. My, you know, father's dead." And he's like, "No, your father lives." And bloody blah, blah, blah. So basically, realize, oh well, that was bullshit then. Uh, right. are, we, are we at the fucking shitty CG fucking metal plot device yet? Uh, the destroyer. Yeah. I I quite like the destroyer. I thought it was pathetic. I really thought this was just like we've got to give him something to fucking do. I thought it was terrible, genuinely. I think the third act of this film is actually fucking laughable. Mainly because it's focused on the shitty little town, which is too cheap anyway. Yeah, which that, I, I that's said probably I, what it is I, for you, isn't it? I said I said I wasn't going to mention it to Act Three, but you you can't you can't avoid it in Act Three. There's a there's a floating shot, like there's an a, an above shot of the whole town, and you go, there's literally not a, enough room to for anyone to live there. It's too fucking tiny, and then and then he fights this fucking ridiculous plot device. I thought it was fucking laughable. It was just like we have to prove he's learned something, so just give him something to do. And because he's a god, it's got to be something fairly hard. That's it. I thought it was really bad. But um, having said I that, I thought it was fine. I mean, I thought it did its purpose. But yeah, anyway, exactly, exactly. You know, if you look at the whole film and just go, "Well, what did he need to do? Did he do it here?" Fair enough. Yeah. And so, but you have to introduce like a genuine threat. Because yeah. like, because the whole idea is, it's it's more than like what the Warriors three can deal with, but and, it's, and it's, it's like okay, you know, you've got to care. You've got to care. That's the problem with Marvel at this stage. They just went, here's a fucking villain. You know what I mean? And it's just like this thing, and it's just like he gives a shit. I, I really wasn't. Well, that I, you know, I, 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 I do agree with like, who gives a shit, but uh, like, I'm not really giving a shit about the destroyer. I'm giving a shit about four. You know, I'm like... I think it serves. Yeah, I think that's the caveat. It serves what the film needs to do. So maybe I'm being too harsh. You know, it's like yeah. you know, it's it. You know, the end of the day, the destroyer is basically a tool. You know, I don't give a shit about yeah. You know, essentially, what it well, is. There's it, no need to insult the man. No, but it's it's not. It's it's, it's essentially like a, a weapon that Loki is essentially using. Yeah. So you know, it, that, that's that's what the destroyer is. It's like it's almost if like if Tony's. Stark went evil and made uh, a robot and was just like, right, do that. You know, do you know what I mean? It's it's like you know, it, it is just an item, essentially. So it does not like a character per se. Um, but I more care about what Thor is doing right now. You know what what's happening with Thor and when the thing hits the, the really small, it's cheap, cheap looking town. In the like, same way that the Iron Monger did in, in Iron Man. All of this serves what the plot needs, mm. you know. And, and even like the Hulk fighting a bigger villain in like 
you know, the Incredible Hulk. It, they always work for what the plot needs. You know, it's okay, but I, I can't say I'm fucking thrilled looking at this really shit cheap town and watching this guy fight a plot device. But overall, um, it works. It yeah. does work. I can't. I can't be too harsh. I, I, but I can't be too thrilled either. Particularly as the standard of Marvel villain on average has improved. You go back to this and you go, really? They thought that was up to mm. snuff. But yeah, it's okay. So basically, from the get go, you have four bases saying, "Look, I'm no use to. I'm no use to, but I can help people get out of it," which is like completely polar to what he's used. What he, he would normally say. Um, so. Once the Warriors three have a go, essentially taking them out, but doesn't doesn't really work. Um, Thor realizes that it's Loki, basically holding a grudge, so he just does the thing a lot. He basically does the "I'm going to sacrifice myself" thing, uh, and this is the bit that actually makes me save up a little bit. This is the bit where I might go, oh, um, and what, yeah, where he's hit and smashed the ground. Yeah, I go. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not laughing at your promise. I'm just saying, is that the bit? No, it it, it is the bit where it's just that kind of. It's the point. The bit just before that. It's the, It's more like the guy just basically sort of saying, "Look, don't hurt these people. Your your beef is your beef is me. It's with me. Take it out and be done with it." And just like seeing from his progression from where he was at the beginning of the film to someone who would go what like really humbly generally mean that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's quite like oh, that's that's he, quite. He's now he is now ready to die for a cause. Mm. It's not about getting the hammer back, and I, and I have to give the film some credit for that because um, all the way through the film, he just wants Mjolnir back um, and wants his rightful place back. Now you can play it being a nice guy and everything. At this point, he's almost forgotten it. And the film has to do that. It has to go as far as convincing He just wants you. to do the right thing at this point. Yeah, it has to convince you Thor has gone past even thinking about that. Mm. And that's quite a difficult thing to do. And I, I do buy that it's achieved that. Would you say? Yeah, definitely. I think I that, that's probably why I like it so much. Yeah. Sorry, Becca. No, I, I, I would, yeah, I would agree there. So. Um, and then, yeah, and, then, and I must admit, you know, Loki... Does kill him? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure whether it's all just to destroy. Basically, just been doing what he normally does anyway. I don't know um, because it's almost like a, or it could be like a Loki kind of like fine, whatever. Because uh, I don't think Loki actually wants to kill for. But anyway, um, he basically kills for, and then the hammer goes like, "Oh, I'm se- I'm sensing honor," and then comes. And this is the one bit of the film I do find. Oh god, this is really cheesy. This is this bit's really cheesy. This bit's just. Really, really, really cheesy, and it's and it's just down to like um, Natalie Portman's like, oh my god, <laughs> it's that, that kind of thing that makes me go like, oh fuck's sake, typical, you, you know, you like you know, you, you had me, and then you just pushed it to just a... yeah, just Natalie, go and work with Darren Aronofsky, <laughs> the only person as pretentious as he is. Black Swan uh, is an amazing film, by the way. I yeah. love Black Swan, but Mother is well. I don't. Mother, really Mother is a yeah. short film. Is it short? Never made. I've, I've honestly, and ever since what's it called, Requiem for a Dream, which is frankly nowhere near as good as its fucking press anyway. Um, I've only I've seen that once, and I think I will never see it again. No, I know. Well, I contrast. But honestly, the only film I've really, really liked of his since is The Wrestler. 
and, and even then, it was more the performances than the film. I think he's really potential. I don't even bother with him anymore. The last film with him is I watched was Black Swan, and I kind of liked it, but it was really up its own arse as well. And when I looked at Natalie Portman in it, I thought, no wonder you don't like fucking like Star Wars films and that. <laughs> this is the fucking, completely different ends of the creative this spectrum. Is, this is the bollocks you want to make. You want to be thought of as an artist. Um, I like the wrestler. Black Spawn was bearable, but I, I don't like Aronofsky. He's a pretentious twat. You go and watch something don't, like... Don't see Mother Dave. Don't see Mother Dave. Uh, you go and see even Back to the Fountain. You just go like, you really think you're an artist and you're nowhere near. Well, the fountains are quite interesting anyway, just because of its source material. Yeah, um, but the, I, film, I've, the film's shite. Wrestler was quite good. Um, I've um, I've not seen Mother, but I am aware of it being a white movie. It. I'm yeah. done with I it. mean, like, yeah, I'm I mean, done. like, what Davis just said kind of describes Mother. I mean, it's like, it, it it's someone who, who just thinks they're just really, really clever. Like, I'm, I'm going to really sort of, like, I'm going pre- I'm, I'm I'm to really sort of dig it into Christianity, but really, it sounds it sounds like a really it, it, it sounds like an essay written by an A level student up their own ass. Like he's he's not oh, really, really? He, yeah he That's kind of like yeah he basically kind of like in a really kind of it's like okay if you want to critique religion or Christianity or whatever, fine you know a lot lot of people have, but it is such a dismissive kind of like. I'm going to do it from this respect. I'm not even going to try and understand. And I think a lot of people like think why it. people do it. It's just like, oh, well, you already it's an aren't you? It's like, no. That's... But I think a lot of people are, are kind of um, they think of him as a prestige filmmaker and a smart filmmaker, so they feel like they've got to like appreciate this stuff. So when Aronofsky makes a film, a lot of people whose opinion I I respect to some degree like flood social media with what an amazing film mm. and i'm thinking it, I'm, I'm honestly thinking do you really think that or are you almost conditioned to like think it i i think he's fucking unbearable and like i say i fucked daniel craig in, too but <laughs> not to rub it in but i'd have left him for james bond too <laughs> you smug twat <laughs> but anyway yeah they're being smug and artistic i'll be sucking off daniel craig <laughs> yeah so Anyway, um, back to four. So yeah, basically this this is probably the one bit I just generally go, oh, okay, right, let's get let's get this bit over with. Uh, but uh, Natalie Portman does give Chris Hemsworth really good fuck eyes, really good general like. I did wonder I... what you were going to say at the end of that sentence, Chris. <laughs> she she does like when he's <laughs> when he's in his four outfit and he's like, that's a good look. She like, does. Oh, she does. Oh. She does look like like I'm ready to fuck anytime. It's not. It's not a good look either. It no. doesn't. Yeah, it really isn't. That outfit doesn't look amazing. It looks better in later films where they like lengthen his hair and do different things with him. But it doesn't look great. When his stub- stubble looks genuine. Then Ragnarok, yeah. where they chop it all off. <gasps> yeah, but even that works. In this film, it looks like he's won it in a prize. <laughs> he's won. He's won it in a raffle or something. Yeah, but just the whole like, oh my god, thing would would be. It's just a bit too overstated. Like, yeah. you know, you spent time with the guy. He's he's basically told you all these things. You'd be like, oh, so it is true. That'll be the general reaction. You'd be like, you know, after everything you've seen, you would be yeah. like, oh right, so there is, there is. Yeah, he's not bullshitting now. He's, he's fighting in a town with a population of three. Mm. That doesn't really fucking like give it that, that well, grandiosity. But anyway, but, so but yeah. But same. anyway, so yeah, he he's now Thor. He's now Thor again, and he takes out the destroyer, and then 
that's done, and then basically he goes goes back to um, Asgard to take care of uh, Loki. When you say take care of him, do you mean like caress him and give him a good hug? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Meanwhile, Loki's plan of essentially you you think he it the whole setup of the plan is like right kill kill my dad and make don't make me look accountable and then I'll rule Asgard in the typical evil sense but actually what he really wants to do is earn his dad's respect and in, instead he sort of gets uh, Larfrey to try and kill him and then turn up and go like I oh, know I'll I'll be the hero I'll save the day yeah, and it's quite like he uh-huh. just you. learnt to like fix cars or something that would have been much easier. Like you think, but you know, this is like, you know. This is not mythology. Or shag on. someone your dad fancies. Right, well done, Look, kid. Would that actually work? I don't think it would. I don't know. I don't know. I don't when know. we say someone your dad fancies, we mean like age appropriate. We don't mean fuck <laughs> <pension. laughs> Like, fuck your mum. I think I wait. That's not what I meant. Uh, um, yeah. That's Greek mythology, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, Yes, yeah, yeah, so for Assassin's Creed Odyssey on that basis. Oh God! So, so basically, full version of an amazing game, but it So basically, he just wants to make his dad proud, and he does this by trying by saving his life, um, and then goes right. I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy Planet Frost Giant. Uh, uh, yeah. And and four comes in, and they have a have a, have a bit of a tussle. Um. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I can tell that Dave's not thrilled about the whole third act thing. Uh, I think it's fine. Um, the thing I I like about it is, again, it's the extra sacrifice for destroying the Bifrost, essentially cutting off ties to Earth. Or, albeit though, not really, because we know Avengers happening. It's kind of gets kind of gets redconned to a it certain does. degree. But like within the moment, there is a certain sense of like. Another bit of worthy sacrifice, where it's like, shit. Okay, well, I have to do the right thing here, and that is like that's another uh, plus point for me as well. And all, and another interesting thing, Loki rather than goes like typical, no, don't do it, or you know, or the typical sort of villain response. He he he, he pleads more of an emotional thing to him. It's like saying like, no, you you'll never see her. What are you doing? For what are you doing? And it comes across as a lot more genuine as well. It's like not like uh, I'm trying to be manipulative here. Like you're almost like he actually cares about him. Uh, that's another aspect I like about it. But yeah, uh, for basically sort of breaks, the, destroys the Bryfrost. And we're just waiting for the medal ceremony where like uh, Chewie doesn't get one. <laughs> Chewie doesn't get a medal. Yeah, it's a little bit like that, isn't it? It does feel that way. So no, um, yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, it does look a bit like a Death Star, doesn't it's it? It's all but... right. I just, I just, I remember I checked out by then and I didn't even watch this bit tonight. I'd got to like uh, gone back. Oh, to I do. That'll do. I... To be fair, it's, it's a classic story, and also you've got Norse mythology, and also like Star Wars is like one of the greatest sort of like Western storytelling. It's, just, it's... So it's all, all kind of links into each other, doesn't it's it? Just, yeah, I know. It's in terms just... of Western and European storytelling. It's okay, I didn't expect this film to reinvent the wheel. I'm not angry with it, but I wasn't that bothered. Didn't care by now. Face bothered. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you got like you know, um, Odin wakes up from his uh, god sleep. Odin, Odin sleep. Odin sleep. Yes, <laughs> and. Uh, that's great. And, I love that name. And he's hanging on to Thor's. They're like falling off, and Thor's hanging on to Loki, and and Loki's like pleading to Odin, saying, "Look, I tried to do this for you, father." And he's and she's like, and 
Odin kind of looks at him disapproving and then Loki just lets go. He's like, I want to help you. Um, yeah, he, he basically sort of... You like, burn me. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, again, it's like another another thing of like Loki's an interesting villain isn't in that aspect. It's like, he's looking at his father, he just wants approval. He still doesn't get it. So he's just like, alright, I'm, I'm checking out. See you later. Yeah, he's still going to cause havoc. Well, yeah, we, we find out later, but... Um, but for now, he's apparently dead, and yeah, and then we we get the the oh the closing of the film where you know if everything's all kind of trying to get back to normal, falls uh, back falls not king yet. He feels it, like he's... it's laundry day. <laughs> yes, it's laundry. <laughs> um, it's good wash. He, he you know Lord... Friday, so they go and see the new cinema releases for for. <laughs> Is approaching Odin and is and is basically saying, "Look, I've still got a lot to learn. I just want to make you proud." And and it's like, he says, "You already, you already chance, made me fuck, proud, son." It's like, chance, oh! you're a, you're blonde and metrosexual. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and be, uh, so, I was nearly in tomorrow and never dies. You know, that's what he should. Of course said. you were. That's what he should have said. It was his brother. Uh, all right, Becca, we'll just let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. No idea what you're on about. Carry on. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then and basically goes to uh, where the Bifrost used to be, where uh, Idris Elba is is basically sort of standing around, not guarding anything, but is on 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 watch and asks about Jane. He says like, "Yeah, she's looking for you." And you see like the them working working together, and then credits, and then you get to hear Free Fighters again, and there you are. That's for. I know, and then the post-credits is uh, Dr. Selvig sort of being controlled by Loki somehow. I think that's worth a look. Which yeah. kind of gets retconned in the Avengers anyway, because we see him getting sort of taken over by him there. But, yeah. I think that's a really cool effect. They kind of have that blue glint in their eyes when they know they're being controlled. And it's, it's good to see more of Hawkeye as well, um, who obviously we see, we mentioned yeah, earlier, he gets a cameo. I, I would have guessed. I mean, I'm not, I can't remember what exactly happens in Avengers in terms of that, but I think... You kind of get the idea that Loki's just basically sort of manipulating, like... He hasn't got control of himself, but he's kind of, like, whispering in his ear without him knowing. Almost yeah. kind of thing. It's, it's all to do with the Tesseract, isn't yeah. it, I think? Yeah. about we'll, Cuba I mean, Very much later on, we will... By the time we get to, like, Infinity War, we will, like, be able to, like, tell you where all the the infinity stones were and where they came from we will like map it all out but the tesseract's like one of them yeah we'll, we'll do like a big yggdrasil but for infinity stones rather than from the nine planets yes oh we'll, we'll write you, I'll, I'll write it all down the week we record because it is quite easy to chart where they come from and stuff sure so we'll do, we'll do a diagram venn diagram so final thoughts folks I'll go first very quickly because I've got an awful lot to say. It's not a bad film. It's just, um, it's just like I say, a little bit cheap. And uh, you know, I feel awful keep saying that, but it's true and it's a problem. A little bit perfunctory, a little bit basic hero's journey. But there's a pretty special leading man here. Um, Anthony Hopkins is making an effort. Loki's an all-timer. I wish there'd been more Rennie Russo, but that's mainly because I'm a dirty old man. Um, <laughs> I really like everybody in it. It's it's decent. It's going to rank really low, though. It is. I can't. I can't. 
dress that up. It's one of the least special of the Marvel films, and it's one of those that if I had to lose any of the solo ones, I'd, I'd lose this. Uh, you know, if I, if you said to me you've got to get rid of like four or five of them, this is one that would go because I'm just not that interested and I'm not that into the character. Um, and one of these, I'll be very interested when we get to the Dark World because the Dark World's hated, and I remember quite enjoying it, and I remember enjoying it more than this. But I might get to it and just go, this is a joke. I don't know. I've not really watched it much since release. Um, that's it for me. I think this is pretty average and it's going to rank really low. But it's a sign of the, it's a sign of Marvel's success that a film that's probably going to finish in the bottom five is pretty decent. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, with Dark World. I mean, I'm not seeing it. But I remember being pretty down with it. But then again, I don't know whether it's just being, being sort of like carried with the general voice now now watching it with a bit more fresher eyes i might feel a bit differently so i'll be interested to to come around with uh, dark world but uh, in terms of this film um this is probably one of my favorites this could potentially be in the top five for me um i don't want to say definitely for now because it's still early doors uh but uh, in so far this is you know the, the best one the best ones is, is iron man and uh this so far um this one has well, a bit I go more. along with that, but then that's because it's the fourth in the middle two. Yeah, <laughs> but the um, yeah, there is a bit of a. I, I do take to this film a lot more. It's a lot more uh, emotional kick for me. Uh, I do find the simplicity of the plot. Just, I I just think it just works. It's it's not overcomplicated. It it you know it's uh, it doesn't feel baggy. I think it's rewatchable. Uh, I mean, I watched it three times this past week, and I've not been bored by it once. Uh, I generally do appreciate and really have affection for for this entry in the Marvel. So, yeah, I I reckon this will probably be probably be in my top five. I We're think. Mental. Anyway, Becca. Um, yeah, I can't really mental. add much to. <laughs> can't really add more to what Chris said. That really. Um, again, as I said at the beginning, agreeing with Dave, it's kind of pretty much. I mean, some of the effects are a little bit dodgy. Um, Effects aren't, aren't everything. Effects aren't everything. They're just. Well, it's a story that counts. story, characters, yeah. plot, uh, apart from plot device in the third act. It, um, it, that's true if you like a film with shit effects. Which well, is just obviously because you know it's very early days for Marvel and it's still in you know phase one of proceedings, and now it's all shiny and you know very high end. But probably again in, in ten, eight or ten years time, we'll look back on, you know, some phase two or three and think really. No, we won't, because no, Avatar still pretty much stands up. I, I, I don't, I don't think anyone gives a shit about Avatar. No, they don't, but it's still stands <laughs> Even though it's the highest-grossing movie. Highest movie. Iron Man still looks fine. They've they've exceeded their grasp here. That's what's happened. They've tried it's, to it's do too much, I mean, and they've pissed, away. Okay. They've, it's they've pissed away a ton of budget building a shit-fucking-town. That's what they've done. So they don't have enough to do the effects properly, hence it looks a bit cheap. Look, uh, it's not a question of it's dated. It looked bollocks ten years ago. Look, I don't think this film is going to be like the the go-to most well-regarded Marvel films because I don't yeah, think in, it's in its DNA it's up there with like the bigger, shall we say, the bigger ones, the ones that have a lot more like, say, the Winter like Soldier. Like Incredible Hulk, that sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah. But do you, do you know what I mean? It hasn't got, you know, I think when they, they think about like 
Guardians of the Galaxy was something where where, where it's a bit more like you can see much more what's happening on screen kind of thing. This one's a lot more personal, a lot more character driven, and those things tend you to kind of like seem to be a lot more small scale. People tend no, to I agree. Want them. You can't blame it for being cheap, but it's cheap, so it affects the end result. Yeah. And, uh, it just does. It just does. You you look at it and go. You didn't have the money to do what you wanted I to do. I guess what it comes down to, I'm just not that bothered by films cheap Fair or not. You know, I think that's what I think. Generally, anyway, it's down to that. We've interrupted Becca. Sorry, Becca. No, no, not at all. Not at all. No, still, as I say, there's there are aspects of it that do take you out of the film. Like there are some aspects of, of the destroyer which kind of think mm, doesn't gel very well, um, and there's a slight blurring around it, in which it doesn't obviously it's not kind of matched to its surroundings. Uh, just take it out of the film as well, and also the Dutch angles, so many Dutch angles, oh my god, um, which again do take it out of the film sometimes. But no, the cast are all on fine form, um, it's cast brilliantly, it was really well scripted, it's really good. Um, soundtrack score is fantastic, um, yeah, it's really yeah. enjoyable. It rattles along at a really good pace, um, and really does this film drag. Um, script is on ding form, and yeah, it's, it's really, really enjoyable. Um, I think when I'm sort of starting to rank as we go. Um, it will probably be. I mean, top five, it, it, top ten certainly. Um, Nowhere. If, 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 if not, you know, top, top five. But I just, I, I don't know at the moment. Um, I, I, I can't knock either of you. I, I, mean, I can tell you what my number one would, and two will be. Uh, we're, we're all here to have different opinions, so I promise you, I'm not knocking it. But I'm, I'm, my mind is blown. I don't know how anyone can put this in the top half. I just can't. This is okay, this bear in mind, bear in mind, my so. my rankings tend to be come from a lot more personal point of view yeah, rather I'm than not, like you know I'm not knocking it and like I really do genuinely respect both of your opinions. So I'm not making fun of you. I just literally do not get it. This is like bottom handful of Marvel films. It just is. I don't get. I just don't get how anyone can go. It's in the top half. It's cheap and a bit fucking like. Yeah, but not many feel like. Yeah, but I understand that. But I understand that. I understand that objectively. It makes up for a lack of what it lacks in special. Well, if you have a personal connection with it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I understand objectively, but then again, how many Marvel films make me well up? Yeah, it's a bit like. You know what I mean? It's like, well, okay, well. It's like me and what women want, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly (laughs) like that. So, yeah, I think, you know, in terms of actually character. Like character development and character's journey and actually what's going on mm. thematically on, on, on screen with with a story this is way up there I think I think generally with the Marvel stuff yeah. it, is, it is just general super, superhero fair, fodder during Spider-Man Homecoming I cried over the Marvel logo so I was I was in tears a bit quickly there to be fair <laughs> So okay, well, I'll be interested to hear your reasons why. I will get say to... that when we get there. I cried <laughs> over the fucking Marvel logo. Yeah. Anyway, see, I'm not sure if it's going to be like a really serious general reason, or just like some sort of haphazard, like I stubbed the toe away. I stubbed my toe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was in the cinema getting a blowjob. My teeth were really sharp. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was because Spidey was home. Yeah, yeah, I can. That's understandable. I was just like, I literally played the music and I went, he's home, fucking hell. Uh, yeah. Um, 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 this film, I'd have cried more over the fucking waste of just for men on the eyebrows. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, Becca, teach us more about this. So, 
fun facts. Um, obvious facts. Obviously, Thor is where we get Thursday. Thursday from in the English language. So, um, we all knew that anyway. Um, yeah. Fun fact number one: Vic Armstrong, legendary Bond, and many other films. Indiana Jones, for example, stunt coordinator was the supervising stunt coordinator on this film. I think that's a very cool fact. Okay. Anyway, I just personally think that's we did too. Cool. We just didn't realise when you were done, so we didn't say anything. No, that's um, okay. Was, and yeah, then there was a long cool. silence. We, 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 we were just excited with, you know, just pure silence. Yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, Renny Russo's 64. Fuck me. And she's married to Dan Gilroy as well. I didn't know that. Mm. Dan Gilroy, who's that? Uh, he, um, he wrote um, the Bourne like, films and... and there's a lot of crossover from the action adventure genre into this film. Oh, he directed Nightcrawler. That's what it is. Oh, okay. That'd be why? That'd be why. Mm-hmm. And, and evenings, he directs Rene onto his face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come this way, Miss Russo. <laughs> Come this way. Um, so, yes, another fun fact. Um, I've got 5.5, but I won't number them. Um, I've got a really great fact. Just as well, because half a fact would be rubbish. You'd read half a sentence and stop. You go, and another fact is, and then just stop. That's it. That's just the fact. I've got a really cool fact about Thor Ragnarok. Can we get to it? I'm quite excited. I thought I was was going to do it here, but I shall save it for when we get to Thor Ragnarok. All right. Because I just learned it the other week. Isn't the Chris Hemsworth's had a haircut? No. Damn. Mind mind blown. That's all I've got. Oh, well, because like Thor was known for his hair as well, very much. Yeah. Um, as long as as well as everything else, um, his hammer, for example. So I was quite shocked. I was like, "Oh, he's got a haircut! Oh my god!" Yeah, so, that was Chris Hemsworth. Not wanting to wear the wig anymore. No, well, fair enough. Fair to him. I don't blame him really. Um, so it so, was yes. a fine buffet. He did look okay. good. Didn't he do. Yeah, not a buffet. Buffet. <laughs> <laughs> a feast the for the eyes. <laughs> and cocktail sausage. And some chicken legs. It was a feast for the eyes, yeah. Style. Oh dear. <laughs> that was a fine buffet, wasn't it? Alright, carry on. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, <laughs> fine <buffet>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're getting as bad as me, Chris. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> Mixing up your words. Oh dear. Sorry, I'm going to meet my mic. I can't stop laughing. Carry on. <laughs> That's quite funny. So, okay, another fun fact. Um, as well as obviously being a famous legendary actor, Anthony Hopkins is also an accomplished painter and conductor. Um, a fun fact number three. Stanley claimed that he always wanted to play Odin, but also was happy for Hopkins to take on the role. Can you imagine um, that? <laughs> Stanley going like... <laughs> no, I was sort of thinking, actually, what else can play Odin? Well, Mr. Marvel himself. Stanley. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> You know, let, 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 like let, let's be like role, now for Excelsior. Excelsior. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> oh, poor no, Stanley. Here, here, so, uh, fun fact number four. Um, obviously, the film makes use, um, extensive use of Norse mythology. For example, the Bifrost, originally thought to be uh, thought of by the Norse as, um, as as a rainbow, um, and obviously here in the film it's depicted as a ray, a pathway of a rainbow light. Um, actually, reminded me of. This is going to sound really sacrilegious now. But Rainbow Road in Mario Kart, which is my most hated level of all time. Um, and also, um, as I mentioned earlier, Yggdrasil as well, which is like kind of like the tree of, of the universe showing the nine worlds. Um, and lots more, but I won't go into it, unfortunately. Um, fun fact, five and a half? 
Um, another Shakespeare connection. Um, there's an interview with Tom Hiddleston saying he described his role as Loki, um, as like a nastier version of, of, of villain Edmund in Shakespeare's King Lear. Um, legitimate son of, of the Earl of Gloucester, who tricks his father into banishing his legitimate brother Edgar um, into exile. So it's kind of like a parallel there as well. Um, talking of like the, the tricksy nature of him, of, of the character of Loki, I would like to see Hiddleston play um, oh god Iago in the invasion of Othello which would be pretty cool because he's kind of again you don't know he has many faces um, obviously not not the Janus obviously two faces but um, is that kind of like villainous character I think has is quite fits it is quite he's similar to from Shakespeare to the one of the worst acting performances I've ever seen in about two sentences oh sorry <laughs> it's like Sean Bean's fucking Most bollocks Sean in Bean that has. film well no just, be just in terms of um, a claiming accident <laughs> two-faced Roman god what <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't god that gave you this face have, have you tasted I the James would. I have <laughs> it's like strawberries <laughs> I would I would my sodas James <laughs> buy me a pint buy me a pint <laughs> Oh, alcohol. Oh, that sounded natural, Pierce. You sound like one of the guys. Good old bros. You know. No, I think it'd be quite good because they are. They are is, Buy is me practice. a pint of yeah. Boddingtons. <laughs> Boddingtons. <laughs> Buy me a pint of alcohol. Oh, <laughs> oh for fluffy bevy. She's worried about product placement, Becca. <laughs> Other beers are available. Buy me a pint of alcohol. So I can enjoy a commercial. Yeah, but no one, you know, no one's giving us any money. Like it doesn't matter. Oh no! And then as an excuse, you said, "But someone from a stationer might be listening." It's like, well, fucking name them then. <laughs> if you want some money, other stationers are available. Other than who, we haven't named any Becca. <laughs> Anyway. Okay, so anybody from any of the main biscuit manufacturers in the UK? Bourbons! <laughs> Please! Send us bourbons. Fucking bourbons. Make sure they are super delicious. We will plug them on your show. Always delicious. They're bourbons. We'll plug them on our show. They even. arrive pretty awesome. <laughs> Carry on. Also, please make them vegetarian. Thank you. Um, what, like, uh, yeah, none of those pork bourbons. Well, I don't know. I got some bit of it. I think it was from some discount store. And they're like gelatin. And I was like, what? Oh, what? fuck that. Okay. Bloody hell. No, I'm not doing this. I really can't that far, will it? No, but anyway, I, I would like to see him play that role because that would be quite cool. Um, oh, but yes, yeah, so that's my... Um, yeah, bourbon. That's a long tasty. time ago. I don't know what we're talking about. He's already quite delicious, so, you know. It's delicious. <laughs> tasty. Spunky. Well, I didn't say spunky. You said spunky. Yeah. Anyway, Tom Huddlebum. Hmm, very tasty. Um, <laughs> that's what he's known to his fans. Is he? Huddlebum. Really? His fans yes. aren't very witty, are they? No. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> yes, that's my fun facts. And I've got an amazing fact, which I shall say for Ragnarok, if I can remember. Brilliant. Teaser there for something Becca probably <laughs> won't remember to say. Enjoy, folks. I've got it written down, so I shall bust it out. Wow, okay. I, I, just, I just think it's, it's a really cool technical fact about how the film was made. I, I've been so caught up in the factage of lost uh, count. Are we done? Yes, we're done now. That was my. That's fun, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was the fun klaxon. Your cat suddenly wakes up, thinking, "What? What's that on about?" Is my cat in here? No, my cat's not in here. Sorry. Oh, leave us. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll ask for her in a minute. Social media, folks. 
Well, you can find me on Cinematronics on Twitter. Not that I tweet that much, but yeah, you can find me on there. And uh, you can find this podcast. I know it's back on all the back old episodes. You can find at cinematronics.co.uk. You can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six and appropriate of nothing. The Mission Impossible series is getting me stiff. Becca. <laughs> Final fun fact. Kinky. Today is actually Chris's birthday, third of August. It, it, oh, I forgot that he's retired as Batman today. Yeah. Uh, it, I'd it, just like to remind you, my year as Batman was two thousand and eleven to twelve, one of the record years for drops in crime. Uh, but Chris's year has been the first year crime has risen. Uh, but anyway, enjoy your retirement, young man. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but it would have been even more higher had I not been on duty. That's all I'm saying. So what you're saying is the world, <laughs> the world went to hell and you just pulled it back towards normality. Uh, ish, yeah. yeah. Ish. Yeah, that, uh, that's basically it. I just think you go out year dressed that I'm inheriting as my year when my year did, as Batman did you, comes. Did you go out dressed as Batman at all? Of course. Right, fair enough. Can you tell? <laughs> Crime dropped in a two metre radius from, from his... <laughs> two metres? From his so Crime dropped in around the vicinity of Chris's house. Yeah. In the town where he lives. No, no one got into his garden all year. No. I was that good, no one reported on it. I was that nobody good. Littered, nobody littered, you know. Alright. Becca, tell people <laughs> more about yourself and this show. I don't know about me. Um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. Yeah, we do. There's loads of filthy stories there we don't know. <laughs> Never you mind. Um, what happens if Con stays at Con? Really? No. When you say cons, do you mean prisoners? You've been doing lots of prisoners? Or do you I mean people at Comic Con? No, a friend of mine went to this Comic Con that he'd never been to before. Um, and I, I, believe he got, I believe he got horribly, horribly drunk. Really? And I was trying to I was trying to pry the information out of him, and he goes, "Oh, what happened at Con stays at Con?" Be I was fair, like, I got okay. horribly drunk merely hours ago. I just sobered up in time for recording. It's fine. Just had some coffee and ding, there you are. Yeah. Oh. Um. No, I'm quite boring by comparison. Um, yeah, but no, you can follow our show on Twitter at expect to talk facebook.com slash expect us to talk, and you can also find us on the YouTube. Type in do you expect us to talk. You can find us on there. Um. Also on iTunes and Stitcher. You can type in there. Do you expect us to talk, and you can find us on there. Um, I was going to try and put us on Pinterest, but I gave Fuck up. Um, yeah, screw that. Likewise, I'm slowly getting rid of us off of um, Letterbox because that's a useless waste of time. What do you mean slowly? <laughs> You're taking off one review a day or something? Yeah, I, I just can't be asked to do it. Yeah, yeah neither could we. We didn't care. It's a bit of a pain. Um, the yeah, thing is, that's a format to say what you think of films. Mm, it's, it's a platform. This is a format to say what you think of films. It's, so a, platform. it's a platform, definitely. I mean, yeah, it'd be like Mark Kermode having a letterbox. What would be the fucking point? He, yeah, all the films. It, it would be useful at the times when he's not fucking off on some. Oh, that like... pissed me off. I thought, I wonder what he thinks of Mission Impossible, and he wasn't working. So I looked at Rogue Nation to get an idea of what he thought of that, and he wasn't. Well, he's, he's on working. holiday. He's he on quite like Rogue Nation, is what I remember. When he comes back, he kind of go, he kind of re- yeah, just recap. He, but yeah, I know. But you look up the review, Kermode yeah. Mail, Mission Impossible. It's somebody and else doing it, it. And it's some fucking... Some, well, Teenager. I don't, I don't <laughs> who, is it, who is it this time? What's still on holiday? I don't who give a fuck. I don't care if it's the best reviewer in the world. I'm listening to see what he thinks. So, and I, I quite like the, the stand-in teachers. I don't bother. Okay. I delete it instantly if it's not them. 
literally. I listen for Kermit and Mia again as well, oh, but I, I do quite like you know, when strange. they have like right, he's Edith Bowman. Or... For example, he's quite good. But if it's Edith Bowman and Robbie Collin, gone. Yeah. Don't even listen. Don't care. Oh, I like Robbie. Yeah, but it's not him. No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know how that goes, but... Yeah. Oh, so especially Sanji Bhaskar so as well. For anyone listening, if you're not Mark Kermode, fuck off. <sighs> oh, no. <laughs> to be fair, that does take in most of you, but I mean... It really I mean, to be fair, like, I used to quite... I, I, I quite like you know, Floyd and Boyd when they, when they did it. Yeah, they really good. But now, but now it tends to be like someone who just like, oh, I just don't care. It's extraordinarily it's random. A and actually, I, I tend not to listen to the show now. I just look up the reviews for the films I want to see. I just look them up mm. on YouTube. So can't be asked with two and a half hours. I mean, who, who puts out a two to two and a half hour podcast? <laughs> Fucking, it's excessive. Really? It's excessive in my view. So, who throws um, a shoe, honestly? Oh, no. Who throws a shoe? Oh, okay. um, so... Uh, I tend to just look up the review. So I looked up Mission Impossible and it's some it's some bird. So I didn't bother. Oh, um Clarissa. I don't Clarissa Loughry? Not him, so I don't care. I, I need to I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure she's very good, but I she yeah, might, might be brilliant. Be but there's a consistency to getting the same person's opinion every week. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not what you're tuning for, care. is it? No, exactly. I might disagree with him. But, like, I want the consistency of his opinion. So, what's the point in tuning into Mayo's show? You, you tune into, like, the, the, the wit-tainment to hear what Commode has to say. It, do, it, doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you agree with him or not. It's like, I want to know what he thinks. I tune in, and some stand-in who, by definition, won't think the same as him, gives an opinion. I don't yeah. care. So, yeah. frankly, if you st- to those listening who've frankly, ever stand- my dear. Dave doesn't give a damn. If you've stood in for Mark Kermode, fuck <laughs> off. That's not my opinion. Yeah. However, what I do recommend is, at the moment, um, a brilliant programme on BBC4 here in the UK um, is, well, Mark Kermode's Secrets of Cinema, which is a five-part oh, series. Way. Um, co-written by Kim Newman as well. The, um, Who I'm chums with on Facebook because I'm a big deal. Mm, no, I, so I, I. I, met him, I met him in the queue of Skyfall. That was it. I'm going to the premiere of that one. And How was his tash? Like, uh, <laughs> why, why was it he was in the queue for the ladies? In <laughs> the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is at the, the premiere. And I was like, I think that's Kim Newman. After the press screening, I was like, I think that's Kim Newman. And I was like, oh, Hang excuse on, me. When we, Kim see, we see Kim, like, Kim Newman, he's, he's quite like recognisable it's Kim Newman <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not I think it's Kim Newman or well, no, it might I, be Idris like, Elba they're not similar kind of I mean like it's, it's either it's either Kim Newman like, or someone really really trying to be Kim Newman yeah. but yeah, I just don't, I, I, don't I was just think... like I think that's you know I didn't want to go up to you and say blah 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 but it's like it's like when I met Kermode that one time um, again at another Bond reality screening and I, I was like because I'm really rubbish at meeting famous people I was like are you not Kermode <laughs> And he's like, oh, yes, I am. I was like, oh, nice to meet you, and shook his hand and then ran away. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining that, literally, shaking the hand, turning and just running like I was like, oh, nice to meet you, I, I, you know, listen to entertainment, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, right, thank you very much. And I was like, right, enjoy the film, and ran away, because <laughs> I think he was on his phone before going into the screening. Um, and I was like, i just, I got to do this. Oh, here. well, yeah, as long as he was nice to you, that's... that's right, that's we're gonna, we, we do have to sign off, but uh, I, I will say... 
I never call you out by name, but I have to say, Ken Mioza, why have you just sent us a picture of Batman's penis? <laughs> oh, yeah, but where are the bat nipples? I know. That, that, right, okay. that, that's disturbing, just sending us a photo of Batman's crotch. <laughs> well, anyway. it's, it's, the, um, it's, the, it's the one from Batman and Robin, isn't it? So the, the bat rubber. Becca, you were going to tell us about some massive erections. I will, indeedy. So this is... Yes, this is from Jay's One Radio. Important notice to the JBR Massive. I'm literally just going to read this out from the page. Um, on Saturday, 24th of November 2018, several for, elite members of the JBR Mercury family died. will be embarking on a perilous mission to complete a challenge worthy of Bond himself. The JBR team will be attempting to run, walk and crawl a vertical mile of steps um, up London's Broadgate Tower, which has been chosen as the UK event for the Vertical World Circuit 2018. It's an elevation of 161 metres with 877 steps over 35 floors times 12, total of 420 floors and 10,524 steps. For the exterior shots of Shanghai skyscraper in Skyfall, tongue twister, Eon used Broadgate Tower, located in the main business district in the city of London. Next to Broadgate Tower, two additional skyscrapers were added digitally in the film to make it look more like Shanghai. Um, So it's the... 12th tallest building in London, basically. Um, and a, a select member of the JBR family um, will be training for this event in November. Um, but we'll be, more importantly, raising funds for UNICEF. So, appointed as a UNICEF Goodwill Ambassador in 1991, Roger Moore was dedicated to helping those who were unable to help themselves, an epitaph that belongs to as much mankind as was the great man who lived by it. So, basically, the quote was, all children have the right to survive, thrive and fulfil the potential for the benefit of a better world. So please support our JBR challenge, the Skyfall challenge, and donate towards UNICEF. And the following link you can visit is www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash James hyphen bond hyphen radio hyphen 007. And please, you know, if it's even like a pound or 50 pounds, I don't know. Um, And there's a group of the dudes from the JBR um, family. I'm sorry, not doing it for health reasons. Um, but please, yeah, the, the group of them will be undertaking this challenge. Um, I'm not in it for laziness and camp <laughs> reasons because it just, just I miles sort of to just go had to plug this really. So. Literally, if you go onto the James Wong Radio website page, website page, uh, James Wong Radio Facebook page, um, the details are on there, including the link and where you can where you can donate. Um, and if you're a member of the James Wong Radio Station S South Coast UK group, the information is also on there. Um, and again, if you visit jamesbondradio.com, the information will be on there as well. Um, I'll post a link on, on our Twitter, I'm sure. Um, but I just thought I'd just give, give this a bit of a plug because it's, you know, it's quite a monumental challenge for a really good cause. It is. Course, I'll, so. I, I'll announce it again next week and throw some fucking energy and sex into it, all right? Anyway, I think we should be patriotic for a country none of us are from, which means Becca. Do you expect to talk or return with our view of Captain America, the first Avenger? <laughs> 